0: All right, and we're live. <laughs> we're live with another episode of, uh, 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 I was gonna say The Keeg, but it, no, it's the comic talk brought to you by The Keeg. It's the, you know, that show where it's like a book club, but for like comics, it's like a comic book club, but then also we talk about weekly comics, and we just shoot the shit, but it also has a point to it. You know, that general comic book related show. Uh, I'm your host, Dimitra Pereira. And uh, uh, today, we got the original boys back in town.
1: What? Can we not, play, can we not cue up the boys are back in town? Will we get a copyright claim?
0: Uh, we would definitely get a copyright claim, but I think if we sing it so the perfectly... The boys are back
1: in town, the boys are back in town. Oh, we
0: just got flagged.
2: It was too, oh, perfect. Oh, it's perfect. It was too it's perfect. It's done, it's done. That's as much as yeah. wow, it
1: <laughs> ended End it
2: there. Uh, Guess who uh, just got back today? Trevor and Gil who had been away We keep getting flagged
0: I'm losing money (laughs) as we speak, Gil Alright, let me introduce Let me introduce my guests Uh, If you don't know the original boys uh, We got Gil Barron On the drums (laughs) Let's let's see There we go That's the ticket Gil, how you doing today?
2: I'm doing good I'm trying to log into my volume account Uh, I'm doing great We have a big show this Saturday night Uh, If I can plug it, you know. Plug it right now, baby. Uh, So we started a new monthly show with Alonzo Bowden, you know, the legendary Alonzo Bowden, you know, from uh, from NBC and from uh, NPR. And he is, uh, it's going to be on Nowhere Comedy Club on Saturday the 22nd. And it's him bringing his favorite comedians on to do a set. And then interview. So he's gonna be doing a five-minute interview with all these great comics. So we have this Saturday night, we have Jackie Cation, we have Blaine nice. Patch. Nice. We have Mal Hall nice. and Liz Mealy.
1: Ooh. What a that's show. That's a fantastic show.
2: What a what a show.
1: It's yeah.
0: Incredible. I I can't help but I'm still fixated on whenever anybody says NPR, I think NPH. Is that is that just me?
2: Neil Patrick Harris. That feels like a you issue. Yeah. is
0: that a me issue okay nobody else nobody anybody out there let us know in the comments uh in the chat uh if you confuse npr with nph uh mm. <laughs> neil patrick radio uh let me introduce well, my, my, be my NPR. Guest. <laughs> oh damn uh national public <laughs> harris there you go all right trevor <laughs> reese everybody
1: hey trevor
0: how you doing
1: uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I want to plug Gil's show again I was about to say. Yeah, <laughs> I never have anything to plug, so I just always double up on Gills. Why don't you have uh, anything
2: to plug? What's going on with you? And I, I need you to be doing more.
1: I I I'm in hibernation, baby. Uh, no, like <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of getting back out there. Um, but all the places, like I do improv, so all the places I do stuff like haven't opened yet. And right. Zoom improv. I love I love chat show improv, but Zoom improv. It just it doesn't work like having to like not only self direct yourself in the way of the camera and like set it up to like whoever's speaking has the focus, but also like to rely on independent people to like do transitions to change the camera. It's just that the vibe of it. I wasn't digging because all I was doing was like narrative stuff. Um, I'll I'll plug the place I was doing it because it's a great place and they do a lot of great online stuff in pro. They're uh, a narrative genre-based improv uh, studio here in Los Angeles, in Los Feliz, and they are awesome. But, um, yes, they have heard great things. Yeah, they're on um, other channels that are not volume, so I won't bring them up. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out a show. They always have stuff uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, good stuff. And it's a good community. Um LA's got a bunch of different uh pockets of comedy communities and they're all awesome. And yeah, uh, Imbro's just another one. Um
0: impro has a good reputation as far as I know. Uh yeah. you know.
1: There's solid. Was that I love yet? it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just adding uh, d- and agreeing that I'm glad the word's getting out.
0: Yeah. Um I can't wait for improv theaters to open back up again. Um I mean I mean, I, I know there's probably a joke out there where people are like, uh, uh, the world's a lot better with the improv theaters closed. I'm dare I'm you. not one of those people. <laughs> no, I, 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 I feel, and there's also like self-deprecating improvisers that are like, can improv not come back? Cause if it comes back, I'm going to be, I'm going to be at it again. You know, I get it. Yeah. But, uh.
1: It's one of those things, I have not wept a single tear for any of the crappy improv shows I haven't had to sit through because I have a set afterwards. Right. Uh, no offense to people. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. We're going to have to look, to look through your whole yet. schedule. But no, but, it's, but at the same time, it's just like I am so <laughs> looking forward to being in a room just watching s- stuff made up on the spot. Um, right. And just, yeah, just have a, a a beer because I tossed a couple bucks in the donation bucket um and just hang out like i'm looking forward to that so so badly yeah um, as great as digital media has been in sort of bridging the gap with us being able to talk and still do shows virtually like right i want it in person i
0: uh i'm i'm do, do you guys think that like there's going to be a purpose for comic talk here on a, a live stream if like people can just get comic talk with us like in person I don't know. Wait,
2: should we start doing this show in person?
0: I mean, I actually wouldn't mind that. I, I did mean it as a joke, but I also wouldn't mind that.
1: Uh... I mean, you see you see, YouTube. I mean, even before the pandemic, like, YouTube channels and, like, shows and Twitch shows do live stuff all the time. So it's just like... It's true. There's no reason that all of a sudden all these shows, once the pandemic is over and we're back to a fully opened uh, entertainment society, we can, like, still do shows like this and still, like... Be the same everyone was still watching youtube still places oh, that yeah. have millions of sub- subscribers when we oh, could oh, yeah. go outside and be in the sun
2: yeah <laughs> i quickly finished the point i was making just as we were starting up <laughs> oh yeah what was the <laughs> yeah.
0: what was the point that we were saying
2: no, so audience, we were talking about The Outsiders. We were talking about the DC Comics super team, The Outsiders. And, you know, recently Young Justice Season 3 came out a little bit uh, earlier in the summer. Uh, came to HBO Max, so all of us watched through it. And I thought it was terrible. I thought it was the worst version of The Outsiders probably since the actual Outsiders comics. I've never yeah. been a fan of... Uh, of I've just never found it that interesting. Um, I'm enjoying a little bit of the story of, like, the budding romance between Black Lightning and Katana right now. Whatever. I don't care. I'm saying... But uh, we were talking about how bad Young Justice that season was. Trevor was defending it, even though he's wrong. Um, Vaguely. I, I'm not. I'm not dying on the hill, but I was defending it. Don't die yeah. on the hill. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say that I have seen them do Outsiders well... In DC animation before, uh-huh. on the show Beware the Batman. Oh, has, did has they do the, all the all the outsiders on that, or did they just have Katana? So Katana. So if I, I recommend watching the show. Um, it's yeah. not very long; it's one season. They did it's a really the good three, job. It's the 3D animated one, right? It's the three three yeah. D. It's like just before they start doing uh, Green Lantern the animated series, right? Which, by the way, I also just watched, and that blew my mind. I did not oh. know that show was good. Yeah, I had no it's, idea that show was fantastic. It's the
1: lo- it's kind of the lost gem of like the because Bru- it's a Bruce Tim.
2: It's a Bruce uh, Tim show,
1: even yeah, though it's, but it's three it's D. But yeah, no, that is the lost gem of like everyone like oh my god, Bruce Tim when he's doing the DC universe. That is amazing. Like, then you need to watch Green Lantern. That show is yeah. awesome. Cut down at its prime. Just, like, originally Young... I think it was part of the same cancellation that killed Young Justice. Yeah, Yeah. because neither one had... Part network.
2: Yeah, the DC Nation went down.
1: Fun fact, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Celia, uh, first year we met at Comic-Con, she was dressed as Raven, and a friend of hers was dressed as Starfire, Uh and DC, like, grabbed them to do, like, an interstitial for the, like, DC Nation Saturday morning block. Oh, no. that's cool. Like every now and then I'd I'd watch I'd like have it recorded and watch it and just like, hey Celia's uh start the episode up for me.
0: I mean, super cool for them. I was probably dressed as Beast Boy, and nobody asked me to <laughs> nobody do jack cared. shit. <laughs> nobody cared.
1: No, no, you just say very well done, Raven and Starfire.
0: Oh, so, I thought you were gonna obviously. say very well done, Beast Boy, but thank okay. Not no,
2: I I don't know. I wasn't there, I didn't see your Beast Boy. I can Okay, well. Green Lantern, crazy good. Beware the Batman, better than uh, than the reputation it has. Um, yeah. Some of the backgrounds in it are a little empty, which is kind of par for the course for cheaply done 3D animation, CG animation, right? right? Um, but interesting story, because Katana was sort of the um, sidekick. Right. Uh, uh, they had sort of a tough tough guy, Alfred, and Alfred right. and Katana's father had like a history, which was really cool. And then over the course of the show, um, uh, uh, Metamorpho shows up. Oh, okay. And it seemed like it was on the road to like, okay, some, some, uh, and I, I know Count Vertigo showed up in an episode mm. or two. Um, so it seemed like the show was on the road to the outsiders.
1: Well, that's yeah. the unintended consequence of the Bruce Tim Batman is that it is so quintessentially Batman that it it, it cannot be topped. You're not going to tell a more definitive Batman cartoon. And so the non-Bruce Tim shows like Beware the Batman, The Batman, uh, Batman Brave and the Bold really, like, for good or ill, like, they had to go out and, like, make distinct versions of it. Um, right. And like really like kind of state claims and like stuff like we don't necessarily see that side of Batman or like in case of Batman Brave and the Bold, it's basically a more serious take on 60s Batman. Yeah. Like it's basically that's it's like right. Like what if we kind of did a serious um, 60s Batman, which I would also argue is how um, Jorah Mormont is playing Bruce Wayne and Titans. I think that's what he's doing. Okay. Is furious Adam West because he he's like the, one of the only people aside from Adam West who has played Bruce Wayne uh like blonde, like played him wow. as a non dark haired guy, okay. and and like especially when there's that weird episode like I don't know if you guys saw Titans I haven't seen Titans at all yeah I mean all I need to know uh. is fuck Batman <laughs> there's some good stuff season two hit stuff a little bit better there's some yeah in between it's it's cool because it's like it doesn't have to deal with the hurdles that the CW stuff did of like and like early Marvel of like, well, we gotta make this stuff palatable for for people to even buy into the crazier stuff. Right. Like they just jump right. in and like, no, this is the world and it is the world accept it. But like, yeah, there's a um in season two, uh, Dick Grayson is sort of on his nightwing uh journey still. Right and uh, basically he has this, like, hallucination where he's talking with Bruce, and he does... He's, like, they're in, like, a nightclub thing, and he literally does the Batusi. Like, where he's dancing with, like, two, like, Vegas showgirls.
2: That's so funny. And,
1: like, he's kind of playing it like serious Adam West.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have my problems with Titans. I don't know what Gil... I don't know what Gil would say about it, because Gil surprises me with, like, all his takes, because he's, like, you know, like... I don't want to speak for Gil, but like Gil's cool with like different versions of characters out there and like different, right. Isn't that what you used to say?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't usually bother me if like, you know, um, like the whole sixties Batman, I mean, you know, like it never bothers me if someone wants to do like a fun comedy take on Batman or something or a comedy take on Star Trek. Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Lower Decks. I think they did such a good job with it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I would, I would say that your pro- your thing, rightfully so, is like the actual production of it. It's like you're not a purist of like, all right, it needs to be this." You're like, "No, but is it like actually a good production of for like-
2: what it is? For what yeah, it wants to be?" Yeah, yeah that's also, that's where you're like. Well, but I also yes. want it to be the right core of the character. Yeah, right. right. I think Batman is a really malleable character, um, but like I was just I was just so impressed with this Green Lantern show, oh, and you so know, good. it's so good. Like, we all grew up in sort of the Kyle Rayner era, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Kyle Rayner really, like, I, I latched on to that character yeah. in a great way. I love that character. So I yeah. never really cared about Hal Jordan or him coming back. But this show, right. I was like, okay, I could see some stuff here, okay. I get right. why this character, why people love this character, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but that I, said, do you guys hear about this new Batman and Superman cartoon news? It's Caped Crusader, right? Is it Superman 2? The, 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 the Bruce Tim? Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Tim Bruce Kicked Crusader. Is that what it's called? Batman Kicked Crusader? Yeah. 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 Great. I'm on board. I can't wait. The design looks like a um like a uh, you know, like the original 1930s yeah. kind of yeah. Batman with kind of a horn, uh bat bat ears, and like yeah. Um, it just looks very. I've, great.
1: I've only I've only seen the like sort of three quarter shot of like him and the cow, and yeah, he definitely has the forty. Yeah, that's uh, all I But does he have the purple gloves? Is it I don't the know. golden age, or is I don't it think it's supposed the to be. look uh, okay. I but, think it's just yeah. supposed
0: to evoke the style, but it's supposed to be darker and more. I don't know what they're trying to go for because they always say we're going to reimagine this, we're going to reimagine, well, but it's like because for example, like Kate Crusader, I was going to say it's going to be more noir, but like. You know what was noir? The original like Bruce Timm series? Yeah. Uh so I don't know what they're gonna do.
1: I like here's the thing that people that people don't like to talk about how restrictions make can make stories better. Like watching. Uh-huh. Uh, Alan Moore planned on it being the Charlton characters, but DC was like, no, we're going to kill off uh, properties we just acquired. And he was yeah. forced to create characters out of the desperation of the of the infrastructure. And right. Bruce, him and the original Batman had to go up against the standards of 90s network Saturday morning cartoons. And it was amazing. Like having to work within that field created moves of uh, to uh, to sort of... Foreshadow talking about fantastic four life story later um ideas out of desperation yeah. um and let's be honest his adult stuff his bruce tim adult yeah. stuff like batman and harley the killing I'm not a fan. joke has been awful like, like not and harley. it's because he's <laughs> well but it's kind creepy different. I enjoyed Batman I and Harley. To be fair, to be fair, Batman and Harley is also the one that is closest. That that one is like straight up the old continuity, right? And it's like, really fun. It's fun it is. to watch. No, that's fair. it's I, I, really I, funny. They have that great musical number. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't mean to. I don't mean to bring Batman and Harley. <laughs> my, but my
2: axe grind is it's sexy, killing like, joke. Nightwing and Harley hook up. You know. Yeah,
1: but killing, killing joke. It is upsetting. It's I upsetting when Batman and uh, Batgirl hook up.
0: I hate this. Okay. Okay. But I mean, but like the
1: Bruce whole thing Tim is, is kind of
0: creepy, yeah. right? Bruce, Tim's kind of creepy. And I feel like when he's working on a kid's show, it doesn't come out like that. But like when he's given full range, like he's going to be a creep.
1: I mean, look what, what he, I look what he allowed himself to draw. <laughs> he drew this. I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. He's got garters. He's got a, a marijuana belt clip. Uh, a high lie uh paddle, I don't know what, what uh, golf shoe? Like, like yeah it, he like i th- think highlights he that right on yeah, the yeah. Uh, weird racquetball uh again yeah. like but that. um uh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I think you're right on, like Bruce Tim, his true self is a little creepy, and like you yeah, I mean like you see sort of his stuff, like his like drawing stuff like that. Like his, his girls are kind of like cheesecake. They're kind of like 50s pinup, like yeah, in like a, a pulp way and not like a Be- Betty Page sort of like tasteful way. It's just like, it's, it's a little bit more on the cheaper side occasionally.
2: You're right. And like right. when he, when he's given just, when he just sketches, it will veer very far into the cheesecake. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, hmm. So there's something that just reminds me is like Frank Cho, but Frank. I don't like Frank Cho's personality. Cho. I like his art, yeah, but his personality. I,
2: mean, I don't know. I don't know. I've never met him.
0: Uh, basically, he just gets upset. He's like, "So what? Let me draw my women. Who cares? Why are you complaining? Why are you complaining?" And like, I can do whatever I want. I'm the artist, and it's this like kind of deaf tone deafness, I guess yeah. on certain on certain things. Uh, especially when he works for, like, if he's doing a variant... Basically, he did a variant cover for DC uh, uh, drawing Wonder Woman, and... Did he really?
2: That seems like a terrible (laughs) idea.
0: Yeah, he drew Wonder Woman, but he had, like, her panties... Well, it was weird. It's not panties, though. It's her bikini bottom, like, when Wonder Woman would have bikini bottoms, but she would wear it underneath her, like, armored skirt.
1: But no, but, like... George, one of the most seminal runs of Wonder Woman that most people would agree is George Perez's yeah. is post-crisis right uh, Wonder Woman, and she right. is wearing some '90s ass bikinis like oh, a French cut right. bikini, yeah, that sure. the right.
2: Frenchest of cuts,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, the, so the problem yeah. wasn't that though.
2: So no, Jordan but like one shot where she's looking in the mirror.
0: No, I don't, I don't remember, but uh, I I looked it up recently. She's like bent over blocking some bullets, whatever. But the point being is that like DC yeah. was like, we're going to edit your art. So I understand why Frank Cho would be upset at them editing his art to make it more tasteful. I don't know. But also he's working on Wonder Woman, like he's doing a Wonder Woman variant cover. And that kind of comes with the territory where like DC has that final say and he knows it. He's worked in indie where he could do whatever he wants with Liberty Meadows uh, versus, you know, when he works on that stuff, but a lot of the stuff is tone deaf. And there was something recent with J. Scott Campbell. Did you guys, do you guys know about that? No, what
1: he do? Is Steph's, is Steph's never, would you say his like? It's a little cheesecake too, but like, I, yeah, the it's his characters are like disproportionately skinny but i've never felt yeah. them to be exploitive no. in the way like really? frank Cho or like like mark silvestri or like a michael turner like
0: <laughs> or milo so, well, Manara. Yeah.
1: now as i say it i'm thinking of that danger goal cover where she's like yeah. on her knees like sliding forward with yeah. A, like yeah like yeah, the one... like yeah.
2: scott campbell's characters are naked in everything except coloring
1: Right,
0: yeah. they color the clothes
2: on. Yeah, yeah, they basically color the clothes. Like those characters are in these skimpiest uh, outfits in a way that I think Frank right. Cho, like the characters, at least look like they're wearing the clothing that they have on. You know,
0: right? Um, I, I just, I, I'll tell you about J. Scott Campbell, but I feel like Frank Cho objectifies women in real life, and that <laughs> it comes out in his art, and his art is his way to uh express his objectification as well. That's just the way I what I get from Frank Cho. Uh J. Yeah, Scott Campbell because
1: you, you could also you could also argue like again, like I was saying, like J. Scott Campbell is definitely in line with other people of of the medium. Like he's definitely right. in Marcel Vestry, in a Jim Lee, in a Michael Turner sort of vein. Whereas Mark Cho right. is very much out on his own. Frank Cho. Right. Frank, Frank Cho, is-
0: yeah. Um J. Scott Campbell, though, recently, and I think I may have seen it on TikTok and then Twitter, but basically J. Scott Campbell has that famous Mary Jane picture where she's waiting for Spider-Man to come home, right? Yes. Right. With the and, uh,
2: yeah.
0: right. and an artist, uh, uh, just a young artist, I believe young non-binary artist uh, uh, they drew MJ in a, uh, like a thicker way, in a thicker okay. way. Uh, not not too thick, still slim, definitely, but in a realistic way is what they were trying to go for. and and the artist uh, uh, essentially kind of said some like remarks that like the original MJ wasn't realistic. this is realistic and and doing their own take. and then J Scott Campbell got really mad and about this random person, not a company, but a random person editing random his fans. art right. So what J. Scott Campbell did to the fan was took the fan's work, took his work, wrote notes all over the fans art. how that was not realistic as a professional artist wrote a bunch of notes digging and poking at that fan's art. And, I'm following the back and forth. And I'm like, I didn't comment on this because I was like, I'm not leaving a trace of this. I'm here to read this and gather my thing. A lot of people were like, yeah, you go, J. Scott Campbell. Like, yeah, you, you, like, then they were like mislabeling. Then some people got on onto the whole thing about like mislabeling, mislabeling the non-binary artist. Uh, but that I think kind of went off in a, in a direction. It was like, then it like pulled back. And then I like would check in every couple of days and then J. Scott Campbell, like, did this weird like backtrack where he was like, and I'm donating money to uh, 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 an amateur art, like, you know, like young artists of America or something like that. And mm-hmm. like, I'm paraphrasing this whole thing. This is just what I'm remembering from the situation. And But he backtracked, he tried to do it like a charity thing. It was this weird thing. And I was like, I think he tried to catch himself before it became like a big comic book scandal thing of him just being mean to a fan. It was weird. It was like he got his feelings
1: hurt. But well, I was going to say, like, uh, like, I think a lot of times a fan's reaction is to the art itself, but the artist takes the criticism as a personal attack. Like, that yeah. seems to be the through line between Frank Cho's sort of responses to a lot of stuff and what you just described with, with J. Scott Campbell. And the sad truth, if you read anything about the hard life the creators have gone through of these characters, like most people don't care about the artist behind it. They care about the art that's being depicted to them and sort of like fans and audiences have shown themselves capable of separating that. And I think like these guys are reacting in such ways like it's not a personal attack, it's, it, it's recognizing what's happening in our society and how the, the changes we're making of like, we need to be uh, more thoughtful, more considerate and more mindful about the images and depictions we're putting out of people with right. like, I am criticizing the way you draw your pictures. It's like no, it's just like we're criticizing the fact Mary Jane, who sitting there like squeezing yeah, her breasts together. My right. boobs are here with my cup of coffee and Spider Man. I'm waiting for Spider Man, but he's just outside my window. Like, right. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, no, it's like no. that's. It's like, it's not a personal... Te- I mean, some stuff is like that Spider-Woman cover. It's just like, okay, that's The Milo
2: a- Monaro one. Yeah, that's was, revealing uh, yeah. he or, has... Or anything Rob Liefeld usually... Right. In ...the personal. <laughs> and Rob he Liefeld gets, has he gets, zero respect so for the human body.
0: <laughs> Rob, Rob Liefeld <laughs> yeah. gets so mad when people point out his art. He blocks people on Twitter. Like, somebody made that picture, like, they took (laughs) Anthony Mackie in the Falcon, the Captain America, and they sent it to him, blocked, like, automatically. And it was like, oh. uh, But I don't know. The guy didn't go to art school, and he doesn't think he needed to go to art school. He's all self-taught, which is fine, should be inspiring, but the fact is he doesn't take criticism. So, like, that's why he didn't go to art school, man.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's the thing is just like going back to Frank Cho. It's like Frank Cho is such a talented artist. Like yeah. oh, his stuff so. is incredible. It, it is damn near like Disney quality. Like what he can do is, is so amazing. Yeah. It's just like, but recognize that society is changing. And especially like comic culture has a, a deep reckoning that we have to address of like right. the depiction of women and uh and by POC is just like, uh yeah. I was just reading about uh, Jimmy Woo's uh, now very much well regarded uh, as Randall Park's performance. Like Jimmy Woo's first appearance in comics is the fifties yellow claw with a Fu Manchu guy on the cover as the villain. It's just like, there are a lot of bad depictions of stuff and people who have put out some terrible shit, but it's just like, that doesn't denigrate you as an, artist itself like frank joe yeah maybe don't draw all these cheesecake women and maybe recognize that people now recognize wonder woman as gal gadot in the full armor and not george perez in the bikini with a little right. bit of plating
2: like speaking, times have changed uh, speaking of jimmy Wu and asian representation in comics how did you guys feel about Song-Chi number one? And by the way, we learned this week that Shang-Chi is pronounced Song-Chi. Look at me learning. Uh,
0: yeah. They, they, uh, there was a big thing on Song, TikTok a couple is weeks it ago.
2: Song
1: or Shang?
0: I, I heard it Shang. Shang-Chi. Shang? Shang-Chi. Sometimes. But it's definitely yeah. not
1: Shang. We know not that. Shang. It's not yeah. Shang. But it's like it's So it's Shang.
0: Yeah, sure. but the, the question well, is, what will they call him in the movie? That's... That's
1: really we'll going change. Out. Yeah, cuz they they didn't say his name in the trailer. I I, I so.
2: enjoyed the mini series that was going on the last couple months. Right. And this first issue, you know, so they sort of rebooted his uh, origin to uh, make him more tied into the uh, the Five Weapons Society. Um right. and and they 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 sort of broadened out the world that was behind the Shang-Chi universe um right. I will admit I never knew anything about it like I saw a comic that said Master of Kung Fu and it just wasn't anything that I was like alright I'm not super interested in that but yeah. I, I enjoyed the miniseries and this and it brought him to a new status quo where he's leading the five weapon society as the Master of the Fist um and so far, so good. So this first issue guest-starred Spider-Man. And it was really funny and fun. And uh, he has this teen sidekick who is his little sister.
1: Yeah, she's kind, okay. of a, kind of a Damien figure. Of like, Very much like he Damien. He was raised in the criminal element and now is being brought in as the sidekick try, uh, trying to do good with the powers they have, yeah.
0: Is, is that well, her on the variant cover, her, if you can see what I posted probably. on that left cover?
1: Um her name is Little Dagger. Yes, yeah, she's that is her. Yes, that is her. Okay. All right. All right. But also I got to say uh I've gotten to talk to him. He's a wonderful guy, the the writer uh Gene Lu Yang. He is incredible. He he's been uh over at DC uh before. That's um he he did um he, he definitely uh, did the Superman versus the Clan. Yes, he did that. Okay. Um he you, wrote uh... He, yeah, I think he did some uh, Ryan Choi stuff. He did Superman. He revealed, he was the the first, the pre-Bendis New 52 Superman reveals his identity. That was during his tenure. Mm. Um, And, um, but he also has some amazing graphic novels that he wrote uh, and drew himself. American born Chinese, which honestly, like, is such an amazing book it tells three separate stories of this uh young um first generation boy who's sort of growing up and and coming to terms with being um like living uh in american society as um uh first generation mm-hmm. and then there's the story of the monkey king with the ba- which we know is like the basis of dragon ball z journey west um and then the story of this uh white kid who has um, this like incredibly racist stereo- stereotype, uh, Asian stereotype cousin, um, and like the three stories sort of play independent of each other, but then sort of merged together. It's just beautiful, beautiful story. He also wrote uh, "Boxers and Saints," which is uh, which are two separate books, uh, told from the two sides of the Boxer Rebellion between the um, oh. the um, Chinese and then the Christians. Beautiful story. And yeah, it, it basically um links together as one story and they literally intersect in the middle of their books. Um and then part part ways to tell their endings. But he's he's done some amazing work. Uh I I interviewed him uh for a podcast one time and he's just an awesome guy. He's he's wonderful and it's so cool to see him like get some like this. This is a high like this is like not only a high profile book, like working at DC and the stuff he did before, but like kind of overshadowed, like obviously. His reveal of Superman's identity has now been overshadowed by Bendis doing the same thing, literally a couple of years later. Uh, I don't know what happened to Chinese Superman, um, and like a uh, lot of he, uh,
0: he he pops up here and there.
2: Yeah, didn't he just he just showed up in a book? The so Asian celebration around. one, the yeah. celebration yeah, he festival the, heroes, the Asian uh,
0: celebration
1: book, which was cool. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but like yeah, Shang like, Chi yeah. is like is like
2: they have the movie coming out like this is this is a push right it's on the most high profile uh book that he could be on especially especially he's redefining that character's whole origin in advance of that character becoming hugely famous yeah right
0: uh i mean my my criticism of of shang chi has always been that i just have never been interested in him That being said, I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep getting into it because I know uh, uh, Gil and I were talking about this before the show started. Uh, Basically, like Marvel has a thing where uh, I'm not maybe I'm not interested in some of these characters. And then the movie comes out and then suddenly I'm like, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's do this, baby. You know, Eternals is going to come out. And I agree. like, I care nothing about Eternals. You nothing has ever made
2: there. me care about the Eternals ever yeah. in my whole life. And then, um, but yeah. I know the movie's going to come out and I'm going to be like, fuck it. I love the Eternals. I've always yeah. loved Eternals. Neil yeah.
1: Gaiman. I think the Neil Gaiman series is going to be a heavy basis for it. Yes. It seems to be like, because it had like a, they've been hidden and need to be reawoken sort of storyline. With
0: the series but, that's
1: out right now, the Eternals series, it's out right now. No, 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 no. This was, uh, from the 90s, 15, uh, oh, no, 2000s. 2000s. It's, it's Neil Gaiman, John Romita, oh, and yeah. it was like a big deal because it was like mm-hmm. it was right after he did 1602. Uh, and it okay. was like, oh, Neil Gaiman, first he did that, we brought him back to Marvel, now he's gonna do this crazy stuff with an yeah. established property, right? Um, and it's, see, I think that's gonna be probably in the same way I would say. In the same vague way that the extremist storyline, Warren Ellis' extremist storyline was mm-hmm. sort of a basis for Iron Man 3, like versus like the Winter Soldiers seri- uh, storyline, Ed Brubaker's was very much yeah. uh, like built upon. Like, I think this will be more like a, we're gonna take some good elements from it, but not really yeah. adapt it fully like that. Kind of mm-hmm. like
0: Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy didn't take from any specific story. I thought it,
2: I thought it did. I thought it took from uh did, whatever the, the, the reboot of Guardians of Galaxy. Yeah, the was Annih- annihilation. Annihilation,
0: yeah. But what what part? Just getting the team together? Yeah, getting that, that team that together.
2: Was, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, that's yeah. the lineup that they chose.
0: Yeah. That the yeah, the lineup. But like the plot, like of Ronin, right. you know? And
2: I and, guess and, the uh, villain of Annihilation was Annihilus. Yeah. I mean, like
1: I would say probably Civil War is possibly the closest adaptation to the source material uh, on the whole of any other Marvel series. I think they're very fast. Um, MCU. The MCU has been very fast and loose with like what they're actually adapting. Like Age of Ultron, that is not... It was Agent not
0: Age of Ultron,
1: yeah. There was no time traveling to kill Hank Pym in, yeah. uh, in Avengers 2. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I think like for the most part like they don't they don't really take stuff wholesale the same way like DC more does at least
2: with their animated films with well, their animated, yeah yeah i mean right. you know dawn of justice is let's take death of superman and dark knight returns see if that plays together i don't know <laughs> okay, okay. Uh,
1: just know, i don't want to get on started on it time. no let's, no no not about the Snyder cup but he just announced that he is doing a, a a a retelling of the Arthurian legend in the California Gold Rush. Could not care less. But it's like where did that how did that come from? Where do those connect? Uh, where, maybe where does that maybe the search
0: for gold. The search for gold oh, they're looking for Excalibur the search for Holy Grail. Yeah. Or whatever the Holy Grail Excalibur, Laden Lake, whatever. Who knows? That I actually sounds like the most original <laughs> Snyder idea. That, I, I could be, that could interest me. Also, we haven't seen, like, really a Gold Rush movie. And, like, I, I think, like, look, I learned about it in third grade. Like, let me put, yeah.
2: like, come on, give me something. We haven't seen a good Gold Rush movie since, like, White Fang. I never, yeah. never
1: the 90s I never nineties was The White 90s thing. was surprisingly big on, like, Gold Rush era movies. There were a lot of Gold Rush <laughs>
2: movies in the 90s. Yeah. But it was all Alaskan yeah. Gold Rush.
1: Yeah. yeah, or but like I mean that you had a little bit of overlap with the first Zorro. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of yeah. uh, some gold rush stuff. Yeah. now we're way um- up. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: okay, so I'm going to say a couple of things before we before we get back onto it. Uh, for those of uh, everybody out there watching this, thank you so much for watching. Uh, this is Comic Talk. we got 78 people watching us on volume.com slash Show. So hello to you, 78. I see Poop34 joining the crowd. What's up, Poop34? I see Vicky and Steph out there, and there's a Stephanie, and I'm not sure which one that I know. I think it's oh, Steph. Dimitri, and there's Dimitri. Stephanie.
2: I put the link to my upcoming show in our chat in the Zoom. If you could put that in the chat on volume, I'm I do not know why volume's not working for me today, but in the chat. Everyone who's watching, I got a show this Saturday night. I hope you'll check it out, buy tickets. It's a huge lineup. Go ahead, Dimitri, sorry.
0: Um, what I was saying is we are streaming to, uh, multiple platforms, but really the big platform that we love that's our number one is volume.com slash the Keeg show. Uh, uh, it's a new streaming platform, uh, about, uh, uh, for musicians, for, for singers, for niche geek shows like us. So that's what you're getting into right now. We are talking comic books. We're talking the weekly comics, uh, that came out this week. The, uh, the link that I placed there is from Gil. Um, and, uh, I just wanted to, uh, say that before we continue, basically, there's a lot of comics that came out this week between Marvel and DC, and, uh, uh, I hope we can get to, uh, all of them.
2: Oh, anyway. We'll stay on all night, right?
0: Yeah, that's what we we'll, are gonna do a marathon! Well, I wanted <laughs> to mention,
2: uh, so, because we're talking a lot about Asian representation in comics over the last yeah. few minutes, did everyone yeah. get to check out The Good Asian last week? Uh, mm. I
0: did not. I heard it's great, and I met. I met the, I I met the writer. Uh, I've met the writer uh, before. The what same are, time I, I met. Projects, right? I don't know. Uh, I, I met him years ago when he was. Uh, he was editor of Vertigo. He used to edit. Uh, uh, okay. He was editor of Vertigo. So uh, I met him back then. Uh, but I have his email. As long as his email is the same thing, maybe I'll hit him up.
2: The book was good because it, it takes place during. Uh you know, in San Francisco during a very yeah. tough time for Chinese-Americans. Uh, yeah. And the main character is a police officer, a Chinese-American police officer whose job is to police his own community. And so yeah. the good Asian is obviously sort of an ironic uh, name. Um, right. But yeah, there's like a deeper mystery brewing, but he's like, uh, it's, it's like, you know, this guy kind of policing his own uh, his own right. population. And so who who published it? I feel like it's an independent. Nope. Yeah, okay. it's an independent one.
1: I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, no, I I heard about it and I didn't realize it had come out. Yeah. Oh, they last came out. Week.
0: yeah. We we talked about it last week. Uh who did we have on last week? It was uh oh, Michael, Michael Mead and uh Ben Schubert, we had on last week. Uh so we talked a little bit about that. Um and that the 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 Asian celebration of heroes. Uh, yeah. thing that DC did, which was really good. I some but, of
2: those stories were really good.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was it, in my comparison, it, it, I hate to compare. Marvel did something recently, Women of Marvel, and the, the DC one was better, not by comparing women to Asians. It's not about that, but it's, I just think that handling the subject matter was better. Um, I have some thoughts about the Women of Marvel one because there's a specific writer, uh, that wrote for the Women of Marvel one that, uh, uh, I've been looking into her work, and I I don't know what to think. Anyway,
1: okay. that's a separate thing.
2: I, uh, same names. You about the Native Americans of Marvel collection? They did it. <laughs> oh,
1: I didn't check that out. I didn't even. Yeah, when out.
2: when was that? It was a few months ago. But they did a, a another um, you know one off that was like an eighty page giant that had a bunch of short stories of all the Native American characters in Marvel, and it was uh, it was pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, uh case background to Echo, which is Echo is now a huge part of Heroes Reborn. And I did not see that coming at the end of Heroes Reborn. Spoilers, everybody. Should yeah. we get into Heroes Reborn. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: let's let's get into Heroes Reborn. Uh Comics and Cupcakes is here, which is Ambrosia, uh, who's been on the show multiple times. Uh uh, she says, Don't be shy, say the name. Uh, I am trying to, I'm gonna I'm trying to find <laughs> I will find you're not, the You're not name. protecting
1: the identity. You just forgot the name.
0: <laughs> I forgot her. name. Well, I forgot her name. Uh, sh- she has a she has a Japanese name, and I don't want to butcher it and go off of my own memory from it. So um, I will. Uh, I'll figure it out. Let us talk about Heroes Reborn number three that came out this uh, uh, Can this I tell week. You
2: how happy I am to see another Marvel event that is doing all of its issues within the uh, over the span of two months. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that I got through Empire. Like, if Empire had been stretched over five, six months, I would have shot myself in the head. I was so happy that that was, you know, and I know there was a lot of the COVID stuff was going on, so that's sort of, like, what um, what would necessitate that. But Heroes Reborn being seven issues over the course of two months, the best way they could have done it. I love it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, um, It has, like, no, as far as I could tell, like, no stakes in the, in, like, the Marvel Universe. It's just, like, yeah. its own thing. It's just, like, yeah, just let it be its yeah. own thing. This is a fun series. Yeah. I'm enjoying reading it. It's just, like, yeah, it's nice that I don't have to buy, like, I mean, aside from, like, Shutterbug and, like, the individual issues that are, like, part That's of it, it, it's not, issues, like, yeah. yeah, it's, like, I don't need, to, yeah, I don't need to go buy all the other stuff to enjoy this. It's, it's, yeah. I've been digging
2: um, Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I love before- Jason Aaron's Avengers. I love his Avengers. I think, you know, from the dude who brought you Skelp, you know, of, mm-hmm. of all things. Like, I did not think that guy was going to be, like, the great superhero writer. and But he's just so good at doing big screen cinematic kind oh, of yeah. Justice League action. And the thing that I've been saying about his Avengers since it started was his team of Avengers feels so Justice League to me. You know, because in the past, like, there are Avengers characters, right? Hawkeye, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, whatever. Jason Aaron was like, what if we got the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe and put them on the Avengers? What if the Avengers, if the thought process behind the Avengers was the thought process we put behind the Justice League? And that's why, you know, his team is captain marvel and she hulk and dr strange and ghost rider and black panther right. uh you know and that just makes more sense to me yeah um, right and and this heroes Reborn seems to be the synthesis of that idea of like well you know marvel already kind of has a justice league analog which is this squadron supreme that we never ever see really in other books yeah. but let's make them the justice league let's see what happens right with the main heroes and so right. Marvel becomes more like DC. It's great. Yeah.
0: It's 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 crazy because, uh, uh, you know, the premise for everything, it's in a world where the Avengers never came about. And maybe some of them are dead and maybe some of them aren't. But the point being is that, like, the Squadron Supreme is living in this whole new Marvel universe that essentially mirrors the DC universe. Like, it is a parody because... Like in this one, it focuses on the blur, right? And the blur is essentially the flash analog in the Squadron Supreme. And there's a part, there's a there's a scene in it. Uh, by the way, really good good writing on this manic super speedster with no short term memory or long term memory, should I say? Uh, but they talk about uh, in a, in a parody of Gorilla City, it's grisly, yeah, Grizzly. Yeah, I love City. that. I
1: was just like, so oh. That. I want to see that. I want to see Ursa Major as the Gorilla Grodd analog. It's just like, that sounds right. fucking awesome. Right. Um, but no, I mean, aside from, like, the personality difference, it really read like a flashbook too. Like, that's, I think, the most impressive thing, is, like, if you read comics in- long enough, you know that there's a cadence to a Marvel book and there's a cadence to a DC book. And aside from, like, this this character is not a Barry Allen. He's more of an impulse. Like, he's literally, the recurring joke is like, you know how many TVs I have? Let me count. Da, da, da. Like, that's yeah. Like, he's definitely just 80D powered by the speed force. But right. it definitely, like, the tenor of it was, like, hit the ground running and, and definitely read like a flashbook. And I think yeah. that's also the cool thing about it is that especially, Jason Aaron understands that.
2: Especially yeah. with the size of the way he takes down the threat, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like flashbooks, you know... It, <laughs> It's always like, the, the thing I always enjoy in a flashbook is the beginning and the ending. Because the middle of it is always like, yeah, he ran so fast that yeah. he had to rewrite history or whatever. Like, that's always what happens. And so having the blur be like, I ran through time and and somehow, like, I don't even remember what the plot he, of.
1: Basically, he ran yeah. through time until he got to the moment where he defeated her. Like, Brilliant. he just, like, fast forwarded. But uh, yeah, because like okay, right yeah. now in the Flash, like, and this is, this is also this oh, is such a great illustration. Of, but also are we the, are like, we moving on
0: to the Flash? Are we? Well, done, no, no, done no, no not more? necessarily. No, but I'm
1: just okay. I'm bridging the gap. But what I'm saying yeah. is like the Flash right now is like an introductory arc, a return to basics, a stripped right. down, like get you assimilated. Get, this is a get new readers arc. And it is yeah. about Wally West skipping through time, through different bodies, and communicating with the Flash and solving all these huge problems. That is just like, yeah, that's the ridiculousness. That's the scale of a DC comic. It's like yeah, this right. is how you're introducing people to the character. Right. This is not digging deep into the lore. This is like, here's the basics.
2: And by right. the way, also, this issue was, was amazing. Yeah, but the Flash, well, Flash? is probably probably yeah. After the after the first issue of it, probably my favorite so far of what's been going um,
0: on. I agree. This one was really good. Let's just talk about the Flash uh, issue seven hundred and seventy. Um, basically, uh, yeah, Wally West is jumping through uh, through time into different Speedsters' bodies through their connection I mean, with like the Speed quantum Force. League. He's yeah. yeah, right. And it reintroduces Jay because that's been missing for so long. They reintroduced Jay. We saw the Ray, you know, uh, Happy Terrell. Because I was like, I had to be like, Happy Terrell. Happy Happy Terrell. Terrell. And I was like, okay, I know he's the Ray. Uh, Well, because then I also got him confused with Terry Sloan, Mr. Terrific. Uh, And I was like, but okay. And that was a random character to have team up with the Flash. But you have to remember,
1: these characters are created in which you could unironically name someone Whitey. Like, <laughs> named happy, like, no one batted to deny, but now it is like, what the hell? Like, his well, name, I mean,
0: Dick, Dick Grayson, think about that. Yeah, oh, no. I
2: mean, you know, the Green Lantern sidekick in the 40s was a cabbie named Derby Dickles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought you were Doiby? Gonna... Was it Doyby? Do-y-B yeah, Do-y-B. because, was... yeah. Do-y-B. because he was from Brooklyn, it was Doyby Dickles, but Do-y-B-Dickles. it was Derby Dickles, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I, I'm sure Gil uh, appreciates uh, uh, the Young Justice run, where the old people superheroes—sure, old, superheroes, Justice.
2: Sure. old, old
0: Justice. Justice with with Dickles and like Miss America or yeah, no, I forget yeah. who. Yeah, all those old sidekicks that are now like old. Anyway, but yeah, they uh, like what, what Todd, we Todd Nock
1: depicted it. Well, Todd Knock depicted Doogie looking like uh, like Mickey and Rooney. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, okay, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, He's uh, like, he's like tiny. He was like this big, like yeah. not actually, but like he's like this tiny little guy. Um, but yeah, the Flash is um, it's so good because yeah, Joshua Williamson's run, like I, I I mentioned before, was like really long. So it's a hundred over a hundred issues, and like, it's 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 so nice to just be kind of like after something that long, and also something that
2: didn't really spark uh end up being so long and just d- made no impact how is that possible
1: i don't know man it, it, people uh, just get around books just
2: like uh uh yeah.
1: howard Mackey. like how he was in charge of spider-man the whole thing from hero's return until j michael straczynski took over like he was in charge of like 60 books over the course of, like a couple of years and like zero impact there's right. like people just have like You just get these journeyman guys on and they just have runs that are like inexplicably long and have no impact.
0: Which is interesting because I think it's Williamson who created all the different forces, right? He tried to make an impact by creating a new aspect of the Flash mythos, which I hated. I hated the forces, and I hate the fact that right now in the Flash TV show, they've introduced the forces. I don't care yeah. about the still force. I don't care about the sage force and the strength force. What, everybody strong gets their strength from a force? Like, it makes no yeah. sense. It makes no it's, sense.
1: It's it's a terrible attempt to ape what Johns did with the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. And, like, to create the yeah. rainbow spectrum. Um, right. And it's also, like, that's a what the power of like that's of the thing is uh of jeff johnson green lantern is it's like oh of course there we've seen at sinestro's had this yellow ring Uh, we've seen star sapphire Sapphire. like we've seen this stuff established and it's been established long long term that willpower is what makes a green lantern like that's not a new idea but yeah the speed force still force strength force stuff is just like you just like luckily like
2: replace like find replace it's not there yeah. anymore in the comics yeah. we have is this it not great, well who cares no, right <laughs> does now, it still with, exist right now we're dealing with wally west quantum leaping around the universe yeah. right so you know, we right. have this great one shot issue of uh of wally in jay garrick's body and just the most fun that it could possibly be and uh And we're just waiting to see, you know, how Wally uh, gets home. And it's Barry and Mr. Terrific are, like, trying to figure it out together. And the artwork, oh, my God, the artwork in it Mm. is so good, so gorgeous. Um, You know what I thought thought was interesting? And this is just me just being a weird nitpicker person. Is they did – they chose not to use any swastikas in their Nazi –
0: Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't pick that
2: up, but that's – They chose to use – a different symbol. Oh, you is, could see it.
0: I, I showed it up. Over,
2: yeah. Which is the eagle <laughs> that, over the circle. Yeah, yeah. So they did I can include, see that in the, in the variant cover. And I didn't know if it was a matter of sensitivity or whatever. I just thought it was an interesting thing to point out. But the last page of this book, I'm so excited. Like, So I'll spoil it. I won't spoil the style. because. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's it's so... It Might be one of the most fun things I've ever seen in a comic book, but his next quantum leap is into Professor Zoom, yeah. But you have to see it to believe it, it's... yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, is yeah. It, is it is the artist I'm trying to think is it blah 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 blah?
2: It's definitely Kevin McGuire.
0: Oh, okay, that's what I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, that's if what I was, was trying to Kevin say, Maguire,
2: sure,
1: yeah, yeah, okay, but you no, know, yeah. that I like. I loved that. That was so. I loved that last page. That was a, a phenomenal last page. But like at the same time, like this is ma- what's making this good is I'm excited for because obviously Wally Quantum Leaping is not the run. Like that's not the arc of the the. Um, who's the artist, Who's the writer on it now? You, oh, you took mm. Yeah, um, let, me, let me check. But yeah, that's obviously not what. It's not going to be him doing that for like forty it, but issues.
2: It's, but yeah. um, it's Jeremy yeah. Adams. Okay. okay,
1: I don't know what else he's done.
2: Yeah, and the artist. I didn't know what
1: scene, Joshua Williamson uh, had done before. Yeah, um, but the like, last issue was it's, Jack it's,
2: Herbert and Brandon Peterson.
1: Yeah, Brandon Peterson, I think, is the main artist, and he's getting some assistance um, from other people, like. Uh, he's he's one of those artists who, who very detailed, very fine work, but seems to have a problem hitting deadlines or filling his books entirely. Mm, so he maybe. tends to be joined with filling
2: people. Um, you know, like I, I don't know if I want to say that the colorist is doing a lot of heavy lifting here, but the color is noticeably fantastic here. Yeah, um, it's it's Michael Atia. Uh,
1: I think I think it's a package deal because his, uh, I most of the time, Brandon Peterson's artwork is very richly colored. So I think he might have a partner or like has a particular way in which his stuff is colored. And when he gets hired on the, the understanding is editorial under uh, knows that, but yeah. Yeah. Except I I was just uh, reading some old ultimate X-Men that he was on. Um, And it's still Mm. pretty richly colored. And again, age of Ultron, he was in for a couple uh, the back half of that miniseries and his stuff is very richly colored. So I think, yeah. I think it goes. I think he like that's something he has in mind. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, I I think it's interesting when art and it's obvious that like uh uh you know artists will want to work with uh, uh the same colorer maybe or inkers that they know. Um, yeah. Uh, and I kind of think it's kind of cute. Is it kind of cute in a way? Like almost like a relationship, but like. It's, it's your partners that you're choosing to work with. I, I think it's kind of cute. Um, I know I know Wade Von Grobager and he works a lot with Eminem. And, like, he's done, like, anything Eminem's on, 99% of the time it's it's Von Graviger on the inks for it. And uh, he was on, like, uh, All New X-Men and Miles Morales and, like, all that stuff. And, like, I think it's super cool that they, like, work together.
1: Yeah, I think for the most part, like, I mean, especially like pencilers and inkers, I think are paired up a lot. Um, yeah. I know before he passed, like Justin Ponser, uh worked with uh, like um, a lot of Mark Bagley stuff. Um, it tends to be like, I was just reading Jack Kirby, uh, in a Jack Kirby interview, and he was kind of running through some of his inkers that he worked with. And he definitely had a tiered system of like, yeah. this person gets Yo, my I can't get
2: this person
1: yeah this person I know what they're gonna do to my ink I know what they're gonna do to my pencils yeah um, with their inks and so yeah I think over time if you establish yourself enough you just develop those relationships yeah. But, yeah, yeah but at the same time it does have a sort of like Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller in a movie together sort of quality of just yeah. like, oh, I always <laughs> like when they're paired up the
2: yeah. other DC uh, books oh yeah go ahead
0: Oh, I was going to say thank you to Aries out there uh, for the amps. Uh, For anyone out there who doesn't have an account on volume.com, you can create an account. The accounts are free. And uh, with that, uh, uh, if you choose to donate to to our show, you can donate uh, what are called amps. And those are the credits that volume.com has. And uh, we don't have any special song or dances that we do on Comic Talk, but when we do our Friday night show, The Keeg Back, we do have things that you could redeem your donations for. Um, so you donate to us, then maybe we do a song, maybe we do a dance, so I don't, on and so
1: I don't think we pointed out that Steph gave five amps earlier as well.
0: Oh, did? Oh, I see that now. Yeah, yeah. Steph gave uh, uh, five amps, so thank you so much, Steph. Uh, there are 72 people watching us on volume.com slash The Keeg Show, so thank Thank you for sticking around uh create an account and chat with us and even if it's just to say hi or you love us or whatnot you don't have to or you I mean you hate us i don't know just uh create an account and say hi uh we definitely definitely appreciate uh you guys out there um yeah there's definitely a lot of comics uh and we we have enough time we can hit all of them um uh, you know uh what were you gonna say Gil? what comic were you trying oh, to uh segue us to
2: I was getting ready to talk Nightwing. You know how mm.
0: Nightwing, I
2: know, like, Tom Taylor, I, I, yes. like Tom Taylor's writing a book just for me, and you know I love it. I'm so happy that he is.
1: This is the uh, the best Nightwing has been in years.
2: years. Yes, in years. Yes.
1: decades, even like this has been yeah. Yeah, such Chuck Dixon. three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just like we have to go back to Chuck Dixon. Like that almost is decades. Well, like
2: right, you know, look. I'm I'm never going to be a full like Devin Grayson apologist, but she definitely got some unfair hate. She tried to do some stuff and I appreciated her. No, I I, I liked her Titans, I liked her Nightwing. Uh the Nightwing there was some weird stuff there, but like she was rides were these. She which was, which, she which was like a,
1: she if I'm remembering correctly Grayson was on Nightwing at least during uh like pre-Infinite Crisis one year later, right? Was, was that her before that. before that okay yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i'm trying i'm trying to remember uh because I, I remember it, was, it by the big runs and like what story elements got introduced and whatnot or uh, which events are they in between the, so the big
2: controversy of her run was when dick grayson had was taken advantage of by sh- oh, oh, tarantula. Yeah, the, yeah. The, tarantula right the, like, yeah i want to the, say non-consensual the, sex but i don't want to say this i don't want to insinuate that dick initiated that
1: it's no, no it, it's it's it, some people call it the dick Grayson rape it's like that's like right. how like that's but it's like that's it it is it is a very uh, a
2: weird moment it's a weird moment but uh, I do appreciate that she's yeah, trying to do some stuff. But I want to yeah, say, no, that was, that, was that say
1: was, about
2: this run, Yeah, Tom Taylor, is that this run is very specifically in conversation with older runs. Like, he is bringing elements in that are like, hey, you probably remember this moment from Chuck Dixon. Let's re, uh, rejigger that, and let's present yeah. it in a new way. Like, you know, he's like, oh, well, I need someone to infiltrate this, you know, this uh, world of, of homeless teenagers. I need Tim Drake, right? I need my brother, and yeah. and when they're first jumping in and like and talking to each other, they jump on the train. They jump on the cho- on the top yeah. of the subway yeah. train, which is an allusion back to Nightwing twenty five, which was a whole issue of Dick and Tim blindfolded on top of the train,
0: yeah, having yeah. Like a long
2: conversation. It's so it's just so no, I love it. There's the there art is, is beautiful. Yeah.
0: Like I, I have the covers up right now, and I just noticed something about one of these variant covers. If you can see it, He's it's, it's well. There's the heart <laughs> one on the left, yes, but there's also Dick doing a handstand on a clothesline, and then his feet are also kind of pulling another clothesline, so it looks like the the Nightwing symbol yeah. through the draw. Like yeah, yeah, I, 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 I
2: I don't know. Anyway, I get excited for no, that. I'm there, the artist is Bruno Redondo.
1: There's, like, such an early confidence to this run that, like, I this th- – I mean, we, we've we been reading comic books for a while. Like, you know when, when you read an issue and you start getting into a couple of issues, like, this is a, a run that's got some legs under it. Like, like this yeah. is something that, like, I mean, I don't want to, like – jinx the perfect game before it happens was just like if it like i can like this is such a return to basics and such a confident depiction just like no i know dick grayson i know this character trust me on this like we've we said before like i think the first time we brought up this this new run was compared to mark wade's daredevil and god that thing is just hums hums for like 50 plus issues and it's just like I'm so excited to see Dick Grayson get a run like that. Especially after like, yeah, especially after Rick Grayson. Like that right. really is like uh, right. again compared to Daredevil, that really is the the brew baker. Um no, Andy Diggle was the real bottom of the barrel before um Mark Wade had to like it's like, nope, he's not gonna be that sad. Like this feels <laughs> like the same sort of thing of like that character was really brought low. Both like kind of within the story and just also like his actual stock as like a bankable right. character. Like, this is like this feels good. There's 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 an energy behind this just like, God, I really want to see where this is what this is building towards. This
2: right. is the issue where I was like, oh, I'm definitely buying this trade. <laughs> like I'm Exactly. I'm, I'm buying this is going on the shelf because I have to I, be able to read this in one sitting. I love yeah. how much it's um. How much it's 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 remixing so many classic elements from the Dixon McDaniel run blockbuster being essentially uh, yeah. uh, kingpin uh, we have you know uh, what's the name of the new mayor the
0: is it Maroni is it,
2: is it... Yeah. no 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 she's um,
1: uh, Zuko she's a Zuko. Zuko she met with I the always Mar-
2: get the mixed up yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, Z-
1: Mar- Zuko's the one that's tied to the Grace and Maroni's more Batman
2: more um more. Zuko was
1: Zuko was face. the one who hired Zuko was the one who hired the who, who organized the hit in most continuities yeah. he's the one who or the he's the reason why the flying Grayson's fell right. right
0: and Maroney is the one who threw the acid at Two-Face
1: at, at Harvey Dent in most times yeah
2: yeah most of the time or
1: organized yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um like, uh, like in Batman Forever when he blocks half of his face with a manila folder yeah yeah no, uh, the acid melts in the
1: middle folder into his face, that's all I <laughs>
2: To make a perfect line, yeah. Yeah, perfect line. Uh, um, yeah, uh, no, I just, uh, having uh, Zuko's daughter uh, as the mayor, so, so, what a brilliant idea. Uh, blockbuster uh, that Babs is, you know, really a supporting character here. I this love her! Book, this is the only book that's doing anything with Tim Drake right now, by the way. Like, yeah. Tim Drake is nowhere else to be found. And yeah. Tom Tyler's like, let's not forget this guy. And the fact that he's like, yeah, I'm calling my brother. I was just like, right. that's the relationship I've been missing oh, with him for so long. I love it so and- much.
0: Whether Yeah, whether it's familiar relationships or, like, the fact that Barbara spent the night.
1: Uh, ah! And Tim called. He's just like, so Barbara spent the night, huh? He's just like, when I talk ah! about it, I'm on the channel. Yeah. Uh, that was such a funny insert because that was, like, it's it very much like a little manga thing. Um yeah. uh, but also, um, yeah, like I love them. But the, the the little shout out of the acknowledgement of like some people would say Tim's the best Robin. It's like I'm not going to comment on that. But I, <laughs> I, I think
0: I have I people. Are, I have the streets this, uh, are
2: talking. I feel like we got three people on here right now that would say Tim is the best Robin. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I love to I think Tim is the best Robin. Um, I I'm I just love up, t- a page. By the way, yeah.
1: I just love Tim Drake. Yeah, Tim Drake in general, because like there's, yeah, he is the best Robin, but it's also like, but he's clearly not like in any sort of Robin capacity anymore. He is very much his own man, the same as Dick Grayson, but right. unfortunately DC hasn't been able to to get him well, his own, his own identity. Well,
2: Drake was uh, terrible. Drake was that was yeah. a stupid idea. Feel, super feel, dumb you know what costume i love for tim drake and i do not like the current costume he has now that like is very like damien inspired it's, it's just kind of like a bunch of stuff kind of on top of things i but, like his costume
0: right now He's, You don't like, his, like the uh, shoulder the, the the shoulder pad kind of
2: costume I'm not, I'm not a fan of it
1: personally it, it's it's fun. a yeah it's it's like right in that like the end of chuck Dixon um and like before like Mike McCone and Jeff Johns like reintroduce him in like Teen Titans like it's it's in that zone at least the
2: depiction um for in the the book yeah yeah I think it's just okay it it looks too um kind of homemade for Robin to me I feel like Robin should feel a little more iconic and this version of it just feels a little too store-bought you know um (laughs) And uh, what I the costume I love him in is the one where he looks like Red Robin from Kingdom Come, where he takes. Okay, all.
0: you like that run?
2: Uh, the, that run on? Is, the run is okay. I love the oh, costume okay. because Dick, oh. Dick isn't gonna use that costume, right? No, and yeah. What I think that some people don't notice about that costume is that it's also kind of an homage to Dr. Midnight. And I don't think people usually get it. Oh! The, the, yeah. That piece oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is in.
1: No, yeah. there's, like, I don't know, like, I mean, because I, I was, I hear what you're saying, because I love that Red Robin costume. But at the same time, like, I feel like, the like, he, he there's something about him in a domino mask. Like, there's, yeah. there's something a little weird about Tim Drake in a full cowl. But again, but, like, if you can figure out a way to... But that's kind of what his new fifty-two costume was, with the added like bird wings. But like, it was just too much.
2: Yeah, it was the whole problem with all the new New fifty-two designs, where it was like, oh, let's add a lot of unnecessarily unnecessarily lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could. There's no way I could draw that costume from memory. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: wasn't it like a
2: cross bandolier thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. a... a cross bandolier. And, but he had like the full on like hawk like and dove wings, wings. yeah okay uh, yeah yeah that was not a good costume but That's at the same great. time like but, it's just but, wood but, wood but, but like no I, yeah but like I like Jason Todd having both the red hood and then when he takes it off he has the domino mask so like if you give Tim Drake oh yeah Tim, I'd be down but yeah
2: I agree. He, he needs I something he, need, he needs I, let him graduate to, like I was listening to an interview with Michael Okuda recently who, um, you know, he was was the main production designer on Star Trek throughout Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. And he was talking about when they were designing the space station for Deep Space Nine. What was it going to look like? How alien was it going to look? And the original design was like all of these cylinders, all of these sort of intersecting cylinders kind of going around. And it, it it almost looked like if you spilled a bunch of coins on a table, right? That's kind of what it looked like. Um, with all of these kind of discs. And and uh, Rick Berman came to him and said, Look, um, the design has to be something a nine-year-old can draw. Like that yeah. that's what you want it to be. You want it to be something that someone is like, Oh, when I think of Tim Drake, I can draw what the Tim Drake version of it is. Yeah, and right. I feel like everything after the Neil Adams design has been kind of not not that it's it's all been a little bit like chasing chasing its tail like trying to find what it might look like like the, yeah. the yeah. brown drake costume is terrible i like no. the red robin costume but you know i like king but it's God. like that's
1: the thing like the most lasting the biggest legacy of tim drake in costume is he was the first robin in pants like that's his bit like the thing he's most known uh. for in terms of a design because yeah because because They've retconned
0: that. Jace, though. Jason, Jason
1: Todd. Jason yeah, they, Todd has no.
0: pants now. No, in, but if
1: you, rec, you read that, if you read the original of Death in the Family, much to his embarrassment, Jason Todd is killed in those little Burt Ward booties. Right. Shorts. Like right. Imagine being yeah. beat to death and you're just like, I'm in a bikini. um but yeah but no that's tim drake's most lasting impact is that it's just like yeah it's it's especially like galling when you like we're talking about nightwing and literally have like i think every issue is opened up with him doing some sort of jump and it shows the progression of him jumping as robin into the original um uh george perez nightwing into disco nightwing yeah disco nightwing into new 52 red nightwing into present which is classic. classic Nightwing anyway yeah. um, and it's just like yeah Tim Drake has just been he's been stuck
2: yeah so what I know is that <clears throat> Megan Fitzmartin who wrote the Future State the two ep- two issue Tim Drake uh, book is coming back for at least a one shot okay um, nice she's a good writer she wrote this World War Two JSA World War II movie okay Um, she was the screenwriter on that nice she was the screenwriter on that she comes from uh supernatural um she's a buddy and you know i i I, i'm hoping that she does something good with it i i wasn't a huge fan of the future state books but it felt for me it felt a little too plot focused like it, it was a little bit too much about like oh, what's this adventure they're going on as opposed to character-focused, like yeah. our wonderful Nightwing book that we're reading right now, you know? Right. So uh, I'm hoping that the focus can shift and be a little more character, uh, be a little bit more, you know, Tim and Stephanie, any of that stuff, Tim and Tim and Bart, Tim and Connor, any of those kind of pairings, you know?
0: Right. Uh, I mean, what we need is a good old classic Brave and the Bold book again, right? Yeah. See these character moments, Like, what does Hawkman think about uh, uh, Jenny Hex? Like, that'd be a random team up. But like, what would? How would they get along? And that's when you really cement as a company, as a publishing house, what these characters are is how they interact with each other. You know, a
2: book is that in a weird way right now is Savage Avengers.
0: Is that like it? Is is it like
2: that? Savage Avengers. Yeah. is a Conan book. It's Conan Uh, teaming, teaming up with a different Marvel hero, every issue. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that book is called Savage Avengers. It should just be called Conan team up. Like that's all that book is. Um, Right. And I'm enjoying it. I think it's fun. It's just so weird to me that like, it's called Savage Avengers, which I guess makes Avengers fans feel like they have to read it, but yeah.
0: (laughs) We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have to segue uh, a little bit, by the way, the, the author that I, remembered is mariko tamaki and i don't want to go too much into depth about it she wrote small stories in women of marvel that were in between the big stories she wrote like one page stories and there was like three or four of them but they were kind of basic it was like what if lady Deathstrike needed to get her nails done oh and it was like what if emma frost like wakes up in the morning doesn't want to do her hair and makeup. Well she just creates a a psychic vision of herself in in like looking glamorous okay. or like it, or like Medusa bad hair day. Like kind of the
2: writer uh on Wonder Woman for the 4 or 5 issues before Death Metal where she like I brought back I don't know. Uh, May... Max Lord's daughter.
0: I'm not quite sure, but she was uh... doing
2: some she was doing some DC stuff recently that I remember. Yeah, she was the first female writer to write on Detective Comics, I think. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so looking it, it up a right nice now. The legacy behind her, very first female writer to be the main writer on, on Detective. Even Jeff yeah. Grayson didn't get that during her time with Batman way back when.
0: I'm not saying she's trash. I'm just saying that <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. She wrote Lumberjanes and I still haven't read it, but I heard it's good. Oh, you it's know? wonderful. I, 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 I'm not doing that. And I'm not saying any, I just, the women of Marvel kind of collection that we had, uh, I, I just think could have been better. Uh, and you know, I don't want to see Lady Deathstrike getting her nails done. Haha, ha, it's funny, I guess, but it's kind of a basic idea. And it seems like something a guy stand up comic would make jokes about. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, women, and they're getting their nails done. What about Did Lady you... Deathstrike, everybody?
2: Sometimes comics are
1: allowed to be fun. Yeah, I get, right. Sometimes we're allowed to feel joy,
2: but you know.
0: Right. Uh, she wrote She wrote three <laughs> volumes of She Hulk. Um, I, I, I didn't read that one.
2: But yeah, she uh, Wonder Woman for a minute, um, and I thought the I thought those issues were pretty good. Not yeah. not super my favorite ones. Um, okay, I thought the you know I thought some of the stuff she did with Max Lord was interesting. Yeah, it was nice okay. to to sort of clean up that continuity. Mm. Uh, yeah, whatever, wherever Max Lord is today. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, in moving on, speaking of Wonder Woman, of course. Yeah, do you want to talk children, about Wonder Girl? we please yes cuz i know that you
0: you every time every time gill's on this show yeah, he's talking about girl, wonder girl wonder no. girl wonder girl did this and wonder girl did that <laughs> and it is a really good series and she's a really good character so far what i'm what i'm digging so yes i have a thing prepped here so uh tell me gill uh your one true love yara
2: Floor. my one true love joel jones i mean wow what uh, what a talent to create this character from the ground up. Um, you know, just make her so well drawn and likable. And I don't mean well drawn visually. I mean, you know, there's so much world and so much universe behind her. Um, and and this first issue was yeah. a lot of like table setting. It was a lot of like getting the pieces in place, but yeah. definitely shows a lot of promise. So this whole book is a two-woman team. It's it's uh, Joelle Jones and her colorist. Um, and so, the, like, that's almost the entire team. Yeah, because she's uh, writing and and drawing, and drawing right? She's, she's, yeah. Yeah, the only uh, thing she's really not doing is coloring. Um, yeah. The colorist is... Do, do, do. I
0: can't see it. So It's so small on my screen. I bring up the images on, larger no. for everybody else to see them. So... No um, on it yeah uh uh trevor did you read this one
1: yeah it was awesome
0: okay
2: cool
1: yeah yeah um no the artwork is like joel jones is so Jordy sort Belair
2: of is the is the colorist and the letterers clayton cowles yeah so
0: okay um i like I like in this... Because this premise is like an origin, right? For a character that we were introduced to in Future State a little bit, but now it's the origin. Um, and uh, we see... What I really liked was the three other locations. We saw yes. Mount Olympus. We saw Themyscira. Which, by the way, I didn't know Nubia was running Themyscira.
2: Yeah, I didn't yeah, that's that, from... but I guess that happened at the end of Death Metal, right?
1: Yeah, it's... Oh. Uh, the. I think it's Infinite Crisis or... Uh, Final Frontier, one of those single issues that established, just... no, whatever. No, whatever, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was the um, right,
2: because Hippolyta is now on Earth as Wonder Woman, okay, yeah, I think it was, yes, or Generations oh, so. Forged Hippolyta's or one on. of them. Hippolyta's on Earth, Diana, right now, is in um, fucking, um... she's like in Valhalla or something, like in, in Valhalla, the... thank yeah. you, oh, okay, okay, so she's, so she's dealing with the DC version of Thor. That's what right. she's playing around with. Um, okay. Nubia is is the queen of Themyscira. Right. Uh, Artemis is leading the Ban of
0: Yes. Well, no, there's another leader of the Banam McDowell. Right. There's right? another
2: leader that I don't know that character. Yeah, from. I
0: don't know who she is, yeah.
2: She seemed cool, you know. I, yeah. I um, but like Hera.
0: Hera's up to no good again. You know. Class I love Greek mythology and Wonder Woman and like. When they expand upon that, like move that forward, um, uh, I'm 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 loving it. And the art's really good, by the way. I I just want to point out if there's different things that I like about my comics. I like my team comics, and I do like relationships. I don't like it when it's like Riverdale. I don't need an on and off again, whatever. But I like it when like one true loves get together. When Stephanie Brown and Tim Drake are hanging out, and I'm like. I like this. This is so. There's a there's a panel or a, a page in this one where there's that bu- the bus driver guy who has to be like a
2: regular character. He's, he's just looking. He's like the tour guide. The tour yeah. yeah yeah.
0: And he's looking all like that guy. Like the guy's like ripped. The guy's handsome. And then she like sh- there's a shot where like they're kind of like face to face in the bus, and I'm like. I want these two attractive people to get together. Mm -hmm. Let
1: them get together. I I tell you when she's leaning forward, I I just pulled it up. I'm like, uh, which is leaning forward and he turns back to the, yeah, so many distractions. And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, he definitely, he, I mean, it's, it's always funny because like these early on books when you're first introducing the character, you're kind of getting a feel for it because for every Lois Lane or Steve Trevor there's whatever revolving door of uh, there. No, uh, Bruce Wayne straight up had a fiance in the early Golden Age stuff. Silver Silver like Cloud, right? No, 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 no. It's no. Like, that was later. It's literally some random woman. Like it's like Just... Holly something or like yeah. It's like he had. Bruce Wayne ha- straight up has a fiance.
2: And okay. There's Vicky Vale
1: chase yeah. lydian <laughs> i mean you uh, also yeah. have like peter parker uh was like dating betty brandt and liz grant were the focus before gwen stacy or mary jane even showed up yeah and so oh it, it's always interesting to kind of see if like find the footing on whether or not this is a character who is the first in the revolving door right where they find the person or if it is like Lois Lane, Action love. Comics number one. She's not going anywhere. The right. only way, the only way to give Superman another love interest is to retroactively give one as a kid. <laughs> like that's how good Lois Lane yeah. was from the jump. Yeah. Oh, oh with
0: Lana right. Lane. Yeah. yeah, with Laurie Lana
1: Lane. Laurie, oh, Laurie, yeah. Laurie and Lana, like, is the only other true like. Well, Superman has his other loves. It's like, yeah, because they had to introduce them after the fact because Lois Lane came out of the oven. Perfect.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he did come out of the oven. Right. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, the, you guys bringing this up is reminding me of the, you know, uh, Infinite Frontier, the the series that's going on. And this last issue was an exploration of Jade, the character Jade, mm. who is Alan Scott's daughter. And I love the pairing of Jade and Kyle Rayner.
0: Okay, that's your, mm-hmm. okay, that's your, yeah. I
2: think they were such Well, yeah, because great-
0: that's how you got introduced to them? Is that like well, no, that, because, in that run? Well, I was
2: with Kyle Rayner from the beginning, so I knew, yeah, Alex, you know, the character yep. of Alex and several of other, you know, like you said, revolving door. But when it yep. came time to put him together with Jade, and it was sort of like, you know, we need to figure out a way to make Kyle ingrained with the Green Lantern mythos, right? And the yep. way that they did that was, well, why don't we connect him more to Alan Scott? Let's make yep. Alan Scott kind of his mentor character let's have a friendship there let's let him know you know obsidian which is alan scott's son and let him get to know jade and the pairing of him and jade just was so electric and made so much sense uh just in terms of just the way they played off each other because she had like grown up in the world of superheroes and she had so much experience and here you have you know kyle rayner who is essentially you know the peter parker of his time um was definitely like that kind of a character I was sort of really a newbie um right you know so i think that those that that pairing worked well for me yeah I mean, yeah i think even like Kyle and Donna Troy didn't you know yeah that was a... yeah
0: <laughs> but but i li- i do like the idea that like like he dates Donna Troy they are end amicably right and, like, they continue to work together on and off, whatever. And, like, she's not his one true love. But, like, you know, it's well, one yeah. of those, like, you know, you're in the same club at the same time, so you date. And that's,
2: it is, it, it is just what it is. Right? And, by the way, okay, so, speaking of Titans. Sorry, I feel like uh-huh. I'm jumping all over the place. But in, yeah, no, fine. in Titans Academy, Dick yeah. is very clearly dating Starfire again very uh,
1: clearly yeah i mean but that's the thing is it's like you you get these characters who either like Lois lane from the jump or else you have like a peter parker or a dick grayson was just like very valid arguments for barbara gordon or uh starfire yeah and stacy mary jane like you have these sort of um uh over time relationships can build but then you also have like Weird ass ones are just like, how did that come about? Do you guys um,
0: have a pick between
1: Barbara and Starfire? Barbara, yeah, I'm yeah. Barbara. I let, like like there's there's definitely an argument for for Starfire, um, yeah, and like I I think it's when when Dick Grayson is like a more fully fledged Batman. Sort of like in the Justice League, in the mix, in really in the the superhero community, you're like, yeah, he should be like he kind of has the same. It's it's sort of like Wonder Woman or Catwoman with Batman. And it's just like yeah, there there is definitely this like electricity and like connection with Starfire and Nightwing and. Wonder Woman and Batman, but it's just like, but you're, I mean, in my heart of heart, it's just like, no, it's it's Barbara Gordon, it's it's Selina Kyle, like right. it's the down to earth person, it's it's the person who, who doesn't give I them another perspective.
2: Selina Kyle is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, down to earth.
1: Well, down to earth in
0: a way, yeah, but, in, a, in but, a not supernatural way for right, these characters of have, Gotham, he's
1: not right?
2: A person
1: for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's the it's the choice between do, is this the kind of person who needs another perspective to become whole or are they someone who needs to have their perspective validated to become
2: yeah i I just want dc to i don't care which way they go i just want them to clean up whatever that is like you know in nightwing it's clearly like flirting what are we right now you know we grew up together oh we're so in love with each other (laughs) but can we ever say it can we pull the trigger in titans it's very clearly oh yeah he's Dating Corey, like he's dating Corey. That's not. But, even, but at yeah. the same
1: time, like he's like, what is he commuting from Bloodhaven to San Francisco? Like, yeah, there I has to be like a
2: time. There's a. There has to
0: be a different. Like, it has to take place in different times,
1: right? Yeah. I I I am, am, for my money. I always give the the benefit of the, the old school mentality of team books or team books, individual books or individual books. Yeah, and sort of split the continuity. Um. But at the same time, it's just like. But I wouldn't give if it was like Batman's doing something and Detective Comics is doing something completely different. That's something. Yeah, but yeah. Team books with other spinning plates. It's just like, all right. As long as they like don't get married or like put a label on it, it's just like.
0: Uh... Right. Here, here's my opinion, and I'm I'm tying it with real life in a way. Uh, in the past. He's done Barbara dirty, right? Like when he came to sleep with her, and then like gave her an invitation for the wedding with him and Starfire. That was like all sorts of fucked up, right? Uh, uh, but at this point, am I just assuming that like Barbara's in love with? Well, well, not really, right? Like, like Wait, maybe she just wants to sleep with him. You like guys, maybe it's no, just a casual thing. Death right
2: metal. Now. that moment in Death Metal where they get married before the final battle. Yeah. I mean, was, no, I
1: mean, it's it's like, it's Barbara Gordon. It's Barbara Gordon and 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 Dick, and Dick Grayson. Like,
0: yeah. uh, No, I agree. But no. I'm also saying, like, what if their relationship is just like she's just like I'm an independent woman. Like, just let me be. And like, you know, maybe they're not trying to go from anything more. You know.
1: All right. Well, there's we Story. yeah. No, also, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I think she should date is. Ted Cord. I think she should try <laughs> dating
1: Ted Cord. No. <laughs> Why? Next you're gonna say she's follow up on Jason Todd.
0: <laughs> no, Ted Cord has a crush on Barbara. He's always had a crush on Barbara. There's a very big respect, like technological respect thing with Ted Cord versus Barbara. Uh I'm not talking about douchey like businessman Ted Cord. I'm talking about like actual lovable Ted Cord. But No, just- no,
1: but like do you remember uh Countdown, not or Countdown to Infinite Crisis?
0: Ambrosia that, saying gross no, and I'm sorry,
1: Ambrosia. Ambrosia's been watching this thing. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, okay, nobody agrees with so right. uh Countdown to Infinite Crisis, the 80-page the, the issue where Ted Cord yeah, gets yeah. murdered. Yes. She, it like, it is. she finds him, she pities him. <laughs> like, the whole story, I know, she just I know. pities him. It's not I like, a, Kort, I don't though. understand I you, whoever. I'm just
2: not... Yeah, the storytelling of that book was. Oh. Look at how disrespected Ted Cord is. That nobody's right. going to believe him. Yeah, as that something's wrong. That's the whole point of that book.
1: No, I know, right? That's literally how
2: that book was written. <laughs> book is, you know,
1: but I'm just saying, like, yeah, no, it's not Ted Cord. That book Ted Kord is wishes.
0: That? I know, but let him.
1: No, you know what? I, what? No, you know on. what? You know what? I if, did. You watch, do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah. Okay. Not first every season, episode, but yeah. no, but first season they have uh, right. Jello Trilio's character Boyle in love with Rosa, and yes. it's like yes. annoying. It's like almost it detrimental yeah. to the series and the and the chemistry. And that and they finally got rid of it and moved it forward. And they became amazing together, like they okay. became actual friends. And that's what I think. Ted Ted Cord and Barbara should have. Ted Cord should get okay. fully over her. And then I think they would have – I'm not denying that they don't have good chemistry together. They definitely right. – obviously, with the, with the tech stuff and the nerd stuff, like Dick Grayson, like, li- like does not – is so not tech-savvy. like savvy. He's literally no. a carny. He well, is and, carnival and, yeah, folk. Yeah, that's the thing. He's not
0: weighed down – like, Dick Grayson, this is just a cool thing, is like he's not weighed down by armor. He's not weighed down by a utility belt. He just flips – and he, he's but he like,
1: also goes, probably yeah. types like this like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so That's it's so like good. i could see why ted cord would would be someone to barbara will connect with but no just yeah. cut the sexual tension out and just let them be fun friends
0: okay okay so what i would do if i was writing ted cord because i love ted cord is is kind of ramp that crush up until it becomes detrimental to their work partnership, have her literally, like, verbally slap him down being like, dude, like, it's not gonna happen. And then, like, him get over it. And I think in a healthy
1: way. I mean, you're a Ted Kord fan and you're actively promoting, like, him being, like, shamed. (laughs) Well, well, because I do think
0: that's also, it it is a lesson that everybody, (laughs) including myself, has had to learn. a life lesson. And, like, comic book fans, you know... You know they gotta learn that. So yes. So it could be a lesson that we all benefit from.
1: Okay. All right, I'm gonna hand, up. I'm gonna hand, hand out that Ted him. Court issue to to people on the streets. You I look like so. you need to
2: learn this lesson. <laughs> so moving on a little bit to Marvel stuff.
0: Oh yes, let's let's uh let's uh yeah, we got half an hour and
2: Google annoyed me this week. Tell me. Tell what me I was Tell excited me. for it and then it annoyed me Tell was me. Me. Fantastic for whatever this is the life story. story. Life story. Yes. Let me ask you guys uh, I asked because I asked this on Facebook like a month or maybe two months ago about yeah. whether it matters, and we talked about it here too, about whether it matters whether Superman's father or mother or both are dead, right? Whether Pa right. Or Ma Kent is dead. In this book, the weird change to continuity. Is uh-huh. that it makes Ben Grimm and Reed Richards like they meet each other right before the rocket launch? Like it makes Ben like Ben is Johnny's friend. Yeah, yeah Johnny brings him in. Johnny. Oh, Brim. okay. And I think that's. Okay. A, I did
0: not I, read this one. Tell me. Yeah, keep going. Keep going.
1: Well, I think it's a weird alternate history. Well, so did you? Because... So it, it's it's a, sort of like the way Marvel did like the end stories. Did you guys read Spider Man? Life I read story. Spider-Man: Life Story. I, I it's read the Spider-Man. same I concept. It. It's the yeah. same. It's the exact same concept with the Fantastic Four. It's yeah. like it's starting as what if their origin happened actually in 1961, and um, will yeah. progress to the present day, in real and, time. Yes. So it's it's yes. that same
2: concept. But yeah, does that necessitate this change to yeah that relationship because I feel like so so. What keeps what keeps Ben Grimm from murdering Reed Richards every fucking day in the regular continuity Fantastic Four books yeah. is that they have this friendship from college. They've been friends for a long time, and that's something they that definitely got right in both versions, both f- versions of the movies.
1: Yes, right? right. The what one of the few things they that's haven't the thing. messed
2: up about the Fantastic Four in the movies. Yeah. Him and Ben uh, Grimm are always good friends. But but it's something that I never even questioned of like, is this essential to making a good Fantastic Four story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Change that. And this is the first time I've ever seen someone be like, What if they were never friends? And that doesn't make sense to me. And it's clearly like when when this version of Ben Grimm walks away from the Fantastic Four, it's like, I don't think he's coming back. Like And I don't think I've ever felt that way reading a Fantastic Four book before. And by yeah. the way, reading the regular Fantastic Four, which is Dan Slott, it's great. It's super good. Uh, I'm loving everything they're doing. I'm a huge fan of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four.
1: Okay. All right. No. I'm, give- um, I'm giving it some time to build. How long has he been doing it? He's, uh, what words are that? Got it. Have 20, I
0: 20 issues. It's okay, like 20 I, I issues. I have,
1: I have lived it built up enough to finally read it.
2: Yeah, that, uh, I mean, it starts
0: off cool. Yeah. It starts
2: off good. I'm enjoying where mm-hmm. it is. It's just very mm-hmm. classic, fun superhero, big science adventure. You know, the everything everything makes sense to me. And like, I loved that they really really utilize that Empire crossover. That's where I really started reading it. Was when mm-hmm. the yeah, died. and so yeah. those kids that come out of Empire, the uh, Skrull and Cree uh, pre kids. They become. They get adopted by Ben and Alicia. It's like so cute. So cute. This makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I like. You know where where Ben previously was like. You know where the Fantastic Four always gets described as a family, right? So it's it's Reed and Sue and the kids and Johnny and Ben is always like okay, kind of a vestigial family member, right? Yeah. Okay, he's sort of the goofy uncle. Now it's sort of. Gives him more of. Um, I feel like his his reason is there again for him to be part of it. And this last issue where he went on kind of a, a cosmic road trip with Reed, where they were kind of the buddy thing. In great. the Fantastic Four, in the Fantastic, the, okay. in the regular Fantastic 4 All
1: right, yeah. I, I'm gonna I want to check it out because yeah, slot his Spidey run. I went, loved it, loved it, loved it, and uh, how did it? So end? Red How did, the Red Goblin.
0: Oh, the, okay. How'd it start?
1: it It's I mean, slots run is weird because it's sort of he was part of the committee. Um, like that was something I actually realized today. It's like it's funny that they're dealing with the fallout of one uh one more day because it's yeah. still on the same schedule that it's been where it's like Spider-Man's out like three times a month, like it's yeah. damn near weekly. Um, but Slot was part of the original like committee. It was like Mark Wade, Slot, uh, Straczyns- someone else, Straczynski. Talking. No, the, Straczynski. This, so this the end of Straczynski's run was oh. one more day, and and so it was, like Mark Wade, Dan Slot, and like a couple other people, and basically they were sort of they, Spider-Man to combat all of DC's weekly titles when they were like all in on weekly stuff. Yeah. Marvel was like, all right, well, we're gonna make Spider-Man Weekly. And the only yeah, way to yeah. do that is to basically just create a committee to write it, like kind of new yeah. uh, kind of like 52. And I slot, loved
0: 52.
1: So yeah, good. 52 anyway. is so good. But yeah. um uh slot sort of slowly took over. Like I'm not saying like in any nefarious, like he didn't muscle people out, but basically he sort of was like, you know what? I think I have the vision to take this. And his yeah. role his run kind of just starts randomly. Like okay. just all of a sudden he is the central writer and the rest yeah. of the falls off. There's no like yeah. there's probably an issue that starts, but I would really say that Slot's run starts in the brand new day era, even though he's not the main art uh, writer.
2: Right. All that yeah. history and then he's superior Spider Man, right? Yeah, he did superior okay, yeah. Spider
1: Man, which was like honestly the peak of the run. That's so freaking good.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, um
0: I want to segue to Spider Man. Uh, if you if you guys cool, did you guys read Amazing Spider Man this week? I didn't read I didn't. it this
2: week, but I've been reading it. So okay. I'm did really, you, were you guys cool? Did you read King's ransom last week?
0: Yeah, the ending of King's ransom with boomerang, yeah. right? Um, uh, yeah,
1: okay. Do you guys
0: are you guys cool with uh, uh, Amazing Spider Man stuff right now? Like talking about it? Yeah.
1: Or? Are we doing? Uh, a fanta- are you? We, we said everything about Fantastic Four. for the
0: sake of time we have (laughs) unless you have any closing if you have any closing thoughts about
2: no i I think my my biggest concern reading fantastic four a lot now because i've never been a huge fantastic four person is like in the lead up to it becoming a movie and i don't know i don't know how they're going to do it necessarily yeah what place that group has in the mcu like what place they're going to take um, you know, because unlike Guardians, like Guardians, very clearly there's a main character, right? Yeah, who's going to be the main character of Fantastic Four? Any one of them could be. Yeah, yeah.
1: And well, it know. is it like it is. Uh, you were talking like I really do think it is the the center of it is Reed and Sue, and then sort of. Like this, like Johnny's here, Ben's here. Johnny's more connected, but he's family. But he's also more of a dipshit and less of like a, a an upstanding like part of the family. The way Ben is like totally um, like connected and like further has to put his trust in Reed and in this family because turning into the thing basically cuts off everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like it, it's it's yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. It's going to be really interesting to see how they finally bring Fantastic Four into MCU because yeah. you're right. Like, there's no central character. I don't like It's. it. almost. I have like, an idea. But it, like, well, it, it needs to have the 60s feel to it. Like, I,
2: that's a problem.
1: Yeah. So, I, mean, I think do it do could. It? Do you put I it in think the it, past? I, I, you're going to Captain America. I don't want them to. My idea.
0: I, I don't want them to do that. What if. Because of the uh, the events of Endgame and the snapping and all that stuff, the Avengers aren't a team anymore. There's an arms race between countries, uh, or or societies, or whatever. Basically, you mimic the Cold War, but through this new post Endgame thing, and so you kind of have that like let's race to this MacGuffin, and uh, then you know problems happen. You could do that, you know. Am I right?
1: Am I wrong? It could work. I've always like. I think the Captain America, Captain Marvel, like freezing first, in time thing. Well, yeah. First movie, like, is would be set in the '60s, swing in '60s, and and try and make it as faithful as possible. And then like it ends when they go to the negative zone, and then maybe that's where you have your end game. The snap finally breaks the hole in the negative zone they've been looking for, and they come back. Yeah, But then again, but then it's just like, all right, we're going to deal with another superhero. Yeah, out of that's what a Fish out of water story. Yeah. But it's just like, it's, but it's also like, I want to see it like look like a freaking like Jack Kirby, 60s man from uncle flying cars kind of thing. Like I want to see like a James Bond 60s Batman feel, but at the same time, the only way to do it is to actually said in the past, And then you have to freeze them and get them out of the picture, and they come back to the president. It's like Marvel's already done that twice, and yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're saying twice, but then we also have like a lot of other fish out of water stories. I do not want like Thor number one was fish out of water. I don't need that. Like we we're gonna they're gonna retread the same thing. So I don't know. I think that like maybe an homage could help. We gotta let's move on to 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 some more. Answer your
1: question. Amazing Spider Man was awesome.
0: Uh, this
1: new one. Yeah, sixty six.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I also I, I think, but there's a twist at the end. There's a twist. You want yes. the know You want to know the twist, Gil? Uh,
2: I'm I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it. I'm sorry. So no, so I'm no sorry twist. to knock this one down. I like the twist okay. at the end of last issue. I'm excited with everything, with all the places that Kingpin is around the the Marvel universe right now. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we're leading to a Kingpin thing.
0: There has to be something going on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because, yeah. you know, I feel like him becoming mayor, um, like right now it feels like it's just the status quo and nothing's changing. But I yeah. kind of want to see it blow up in a Lex Luthor kind of way. Because if, if it's just the status quo for now, then it's almost like, why did you do it? It's just to putting him in some place other than being a criminal,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. But but at the same time, like, it's – because it's not – it's – when they did Norman Osborn as head of uh, Hammer, like, that was just, like, as soon as that happened, hit the clock. Um, Like, this is obviously not going to last – Whereas, I mean, obviously, mayor of New York is a powerful position, but it's not end-all, be-all. And so it's just like, I wouldn't mind a slow simmer, but at the same time, it's just like, this is, like, this is obviously has the potential to be a full event. Like the fall, the fall of Fisk or something like that. Like, to really, like, New York becomes a war zone or whatever. Like, I mean, you kind of get, like, little hints and teases, but, like... It's one of those things of like, I can, I'm not, I'm not minding that we're not getting to that downfall, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. It's definitely like we're building towards something and he's in, he's got a lot of hands and pies cause he's a big guy.
2: And uh, I generally like that Spider-Man is doing the same thing we've been talking about with Nightwing. I mean, doing it in sort of a more convoluted way, but it is doing that remix thing of like, let's bring in, Norman and Harry and all of these elements that you know from Spider-Man for the last 50 years and let's put it all into the soup again and 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 remix it and, like, relitigate some things and clean up some things and clean up some... Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, like, to, uh, I was talking shit about him before, but Howard Mackey's run even gets a reference with Robbie Robertson being his roommate again. Like, that. the first time that happened was in uh Heroes Reborn, uh or Heroes return like with the with everything uh re- debuted in like 2000. so it's just like he's doing the same thing of just like even the the small stuff is getting um paid off but he's also like he's paying off the stuff that slot build up with with boomerang rising up and what and um what I mean Nick Spencer was he was the one writing um the superior foes of Spider-Man but like that's all finally coming to a head on top of all the one more day stuff finally coming to a head on top of like really centering around these characters like I love Robbie and Tombstone that's a real deep cut of I, I
0: like that there. yeah
1: um and like yeah that's there's there's a there's a, a not to spoiler not spoil there's a, they do basically 66 serves as the epilogue of what of the arc like it is it's not striking out really any more story. It's more sort of like finishing up what was on the table most recently. Yeah. And yeah. then we're going to deal with the um, – well, we we can talk about this. Rose coming back. Yeah. Um, uh, by the done. way, I'm calling
0: it right now Rose, Rose is going to betray uh, Fisk, and Fisk is going to kill him for some reason i'm just calling i'm calling it he's dying by the kingpin's hands
1: i don't know i mean but also richard fisk was the one who organized the the first hit on kingpin and Venice's run
0: who's richard fisk is that Rose's rose
1: that's rose yeah his son's name is richard um a lot of dicks running around um but uh yeah but he's like uh dick fisk he was the one – Um Bendis's run in Marvel Knights opens okay. within the first couple issues with this guy coming in. He's the guy who um reveals – who who outs Daredevil. Um, he's like this new gangster guy. He's, he's swinging, uh, swinging his dick around, and he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to be the D- boss. Dick and Fisk. And, he's yeah. walking around, and Dick he, and Fisk. And he basically – this is when – at the time, Richard Fisk was like – he he was at his low point. It was just like, the characterization was like, he's a sniveling little like, yeah. like like Eric Trump kind of figure. Um, yeah. And like, uh, and basically just like <laughs> kind of got, um, this guy um, pulled him in and just like all organized a hit. And they basically Julius Caesar Kingpin. And for a long time, for like a couple of years, like 20 some odd issues, you think Kingpin's straight up dead. You think he got murdered. And then you find out, no, he survived and he's been in a coma and he got yeah. out, of, he's been on bed rest for years. Um, yeah. And so, like, I'm I'm thinking this, this is going to end with Kingpin being taken down. I think Rose is going to flip the script. I think he's going to be the one to pull the trigger. I think no he's going to be like, he's going to, he, I don't think he's ever going to forget you killed mom. And yeah, mom kill and you forced mom to kill me. Like, I think th- this is the worst thing Kingpin could have done. Because he I think he's bringing about his own demise.
0: Yeah.
1: Or his um, own demise in some way. To yeah. Do. yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to move on, because uh, uh, we only have so much time, and there's a couple of more things that I do want to touch on. Um, l- uh, we all read uh, Way of X. Did we all read that? Okay, cool, 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 cool. So let me... Fine, Ah, uh, that last
2: page, man. I didn't that think like I would final that final page, much. yeah, I didn't think I would care that much, but uh you know when when you haven't seen a bad guy for a long time and you know that like that bad guy's name, yeah, means the end of all things, you know, yeah, <laughs> means the end of the universe, um I
0: have the page I can bring it up. We could talk about the the issue and then I could bring it up, but yeah, okay. Yeah, look. I I mean, (laughs) did you like the issue, or was it just the last page for you, Gil?
2: Uh, For me, it was mostly the last page. I liked I liked the first issue better, okay, uh, because the mystery was more front and center, and I like I like Kurt, I like Nightcrawler being in the mode of like, kind of a detective, kind of like the guy ringing the alarm. I like him in that mode, and this felt. Like, he was being manipulated by Legion. Um, I still... I'm not... Like, I'm. it's going to be interesting to see what that partnership is. I was kind of hoping that Legion in the new body meant that this was a new start for the character and he wouldn't have the same mental issues, but they really sort of leaned it towards, like, oh, it's just a matter of time before all those mental issues crop up again because right. it's, it's inherent to who he is and his body and whatever. So okay, that's fine. But is that is fun. that is an interest. I, I I
1: hear what you're saying because it kind of becomes frustrating if it's just like all right, we'll return to status quo. But I feel like the journey Kurt is on um, with it and like confronting the, with um, the crucible um, thing in the first issue, the the crucible ceremony, and like with all this resurrection and all this talk about resurrection, it's like what do you do? when it's yeah when you have someone like legion where it is just like he can't he can never come back whole like we're just gonna keep resurrecting him and he's just a ticking bomb like
2: yeah what do you By do the way, if you what do you do over Wolverine this week i did Wolverine. not it's that it's way i did different. not No. can i spoil it a little bit
1: yeah that's cool
2: because they end up you the last
1: page of amazing spider-man
2: <laughs> <You say it. laughs> they use the cloning process to create a wolverine that is a virus to the vampires so like there's so wolverine is like consents to having a second wolverine around and he uses it as a decoy to draw in the vampires and like fuck them up so it's like okay well it's showing the dark side of this cloning thing. So if they can create a second Wolverine that exists just to be a dirty bomb, like like something's wrong with this cloning process. Something's wrong yeah. with this yeah. idea of like, oh, we can just create human beings whole cloth out of nothing. Um, and I think clearly, way of X is going to be reckoning with all of the morality and ethics of all of that. Yeah. Um, okay.
1: I love I love that scene of the first issue where they're. Is it Pixie they're teasing? I was just like you haven't died yet. You haven't died like oh yeah yeah that? yeah. Like it's just like yeah like Oof. you like you see like what happens when like uh, once you get a generation or two removed from these ideas like how they become corrupted for lack of a better word but like they they when you're not from the source and you're the inheritor of it you tend to not wield it the same power with the same restraint and the same respect.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I have the image of the final page. Yeah, right here. We're
2: way right. Back. Wolverine. Be everybody, treat, spoilers. Yeah,
0: here's a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I didn't read. I didn't read Wolverine, so I have no like. I have to figure out what where where I am on that. Um, but here we go. Onslaught is coming back, at yeah. least as far as we know.
2: We have heroes reborn
1: uh, and Onslaught, but separate. The 90s are back in uh, pog It's War. back, baby! <laughs> um, yeah, like, again, but that's the same question uh, we're talking about with Legion. Like, Charles Xavier is a ticking time bomb, too, because we know about Onslaught. Like, these people, like, at, at what point do you have a society that is honoring the people that... Uh, you're fighting for but at the same time honors the people you're fighting for like these people are going to potentially ruin the life that's been built but at the same time they are the ones who are building it and it's like what do you do with like Charles Xavier he might he'll onslaught comes with him David Haller it's he he can't seem to be shaped like spared of his mental imbalance these people who could further their cause might also be their destruction and yeah. without any sort of consequences, which seem to be they the mutants seem to be losing without the fear of death and sh- shaving off the superstitions of religion and everything. Like, it, it, it's a there's they don't seem to realize how dangerous of a mental state they're setting themselves up for, right?
0: Well, yeah. Um, but Proteus is all good now. Which is interesting. He's on the five. Proteus is one of the five. Okay. And so, like, like Proteus has always been a problem, right? Pre this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he would just pop up and be like, ah, I burn out my bodies, right? Like, that was his whole thing. So I figure, like, if, he's, if he can be fixed, Legion can be fixed, right?
1: You know? But then so, is he still Legion?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and, I mean, we shall see. Oh, and by the
2: way, so I think I feel like this is a a thread that has been dropped, but maybe Jason Aaron is just kind of like letting it simmer. But two books that have been dealing with Dracula and vampires has been Wolverine has been hunting yeah. a lot of vampires, and in Avengers we saw that Dracula set up a essentially a vampire version of Krakoa, yeah, in Chernobyl. Right? Yeah. Like, like, that's sort of the thing that's going on. And I haven't seen the, the two ideas cross over yet. Even though they're both fighting Dracula. They're both right. fighting the vampires. Well, that's...
1: That seems to be Marvel's... Uh, Dick, who, who is Dick Grayson
2: dating? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is like, no. it's, it's either nothing, or it's something. And yeah. I feel like if there's anyone who... Well, and I mean, threads, it's Jason Aaron, you know, right.
1: and he seems to be the biggest champion of Blade uh, um, at Marvel at the at the moment, too. So maybe he is maybe sort of under the radar building up something to because um, like that was like Bendis kind of did that with Age of Ultron. Like he's just like uh, sprinkle a little fairy dust here and there over a course of stories. But he didn't deal with that until well into his Avengers run and so yeah maybe because Aaron's handling Wolverine right oh I don't is know it? who's I writing think, Wolverine I think Jason Aaron
2: is oh is he writing is both is he all
0: over the place
2: he what might be if he's writing both no 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 it's not it's it doesn't feel like him no it know. certainly doesn't no. feel like him it's uh Percy Benjamin Percy yeah Black
0: Benjamin Percy it.
2: I don't know Benjamin Percy, but I hope that Jason Aaron is like paying attention to what's going on in Wolverine and like going to I hope there's like a War of the Vampires book coming up. That's what I hope is the next big event. I hope that yeah. something something connects these two things. Um and they they the vampires featured
1: into uh King and Black too. Yeah, but that was also
2: very much But that—that's what led into. Well, no, no, but but but, um, yeah,
1: I'm saying it's like that's another thing that's raising their profile. So I think you might be like these like we have two congruent storylines handling it. Yeah, that tends to mean that Marvel's setting uh, setting up some track to pay off on the line.
0: Yeah. I have faith that both these companies are going to do something with these things. Sure, maybe Dick and Barbara versus Dick and Starfire small potatoes. That's not a huge plot point. But I feel like Dracula and the Vampire is a big plot point that Marvel would pick up on the fact that there's well, multiple things going on.
1: To connect both of them, maybe uh, Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon, and Starfire will follow the leads of Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey and finally embrace a thruple lifestyle. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. I, I, all, I don't
0: think DC is going to do that. But all
1: right. Marvel has had a, a, a marked increase in uh, Wolverine is queer. Like there has been a marked increase in content, sort of saying, "Yeah, Wolverine. He's he's definitely leaning into no. Wolverine's kind of the Marvel Constantine. He knows I, everyone. I, I don't and he buy I don't buy that though. That that's
0: not my my view of Wolverine. Not, hashtag not Jean, my Wolverine. Right? <laughs> no, no, it's not about that. It's it's Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Cyclops are a throuple, but not. It doesn't mean that Cyclops and, and Wolverine are uh, together. It's just that they're sharing the same woman, and then well, Cyclops also has Emma Frost on the other end. Yeah, because again, my idea of Emma Frost is she doesn't need a man anyway. She's with Cyclops because of her love for Cyclops, and she's not she's not participating in anything extra.
1: You know what because, I mean? Like uh, Emma Frost is almost just, a, she's almost asexual or is safety right, asexual it's a bit more about power like, right? Yeah. I yeah, feel like it's it, she's yeah. all about power exchange. Um yeah. but no like uh there is a a, a weird coded comment well, I don't know if coded but like yeah. weird comment with Wolverine and Cyclops um but then also him and uh Warpath um had a moment like a, a week or two ago what? uh Oh, what, uh... X-Force? I think. Okay. But basically, Wolverine's, uh, there's, uh, he establishes that, uh, he prefers, he, that he feels Warpath is the one who could do the fastball special the best. Yes. Oh, yes. And then, oh, but then there's some, yeah. some other, um, comments that are just sort of like, uh, raise some eyebrows. I was just like...
2: What I've noticed with Wolverine... Uh, is a, a lightening up of the character over in both Runaways and Power Pack. He appeared in both of those books as sort yeah. of like a fun mentor character. Even though he also was in Fantastic Four, but he's dealing with a lot more kids recently. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's leading he's, to anything. It
1: just, seems- but I mean, he's always like his first miniseries. He has Yukiko. Uh, his whole thing with Jubilee, like Wolverine, weirdly has yeah. a. He always. He's the close, like him and Captain America are the only two people who have really ever had teen sidekicks in Marvel. Like Wolverine I mean, has – yeah. he's got a, a bench.
0: I think it's because Wolverine knows what it's like to be lost and he knows what it's like not to have a, a mentor. And yeah. like he was on his own, right, for a lot of like in Origins. Like when he pops his claws, he's on his own, right? And yeah. so like he's been on his own for a long time. And so, like, he's also been on toxic teams, whether it's, like, Alpha Flight for a little bit or whether it's on Weapon X. Like, he's been on toxic teams. He doesn't want toxic teams. He wants proper mentorship of of himself, but then he wants to be a
1: mentor, a proper mentor. I think he's also saying, like— He's a good guy. He's a good guy, man. He's also saying to himself, hey, it's 2021. People are living more open and free. I'm nearly 200 years old. I've seen stuff. I'm gonna. I'm gonna own up to it. Hey, so, yeah. yeah. I think we're we're seeing a more gen, uh a more sexually fluid Wolverine, and I'm in for it.
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm fine with it. By the way, I'm fine with it. She I have no problem with it. with it. Wow. No, no, no. We'll just I just yeah. it's the here. way I'm viewing yeah. their relationships. It's the way because I don't want to believe that everybody on Krakoa is just fucking everybody on Krakoa. I'd I like to think, like think that is. they're,
1: I mean, I,
0: I, I think they're the open three, to
1: it. One but, of the three rules of Krakoa is make more mutants.
0: Right, right. I mean, granted, but I don't I know how
1: Wolverine and Cyclops are making more.
0: <laughs> I think but. that there's a relationship structure still in place for certain couples. That's the way I'd like to. And then other couples are out there doing their own, like, single thing. But I think that there are relationship structures at play.
2: Is there anything in particular you guys also? Because I, I can do speed round. Cause I can go uh, through like or five past.
0: Yeah, uh, let, let's let's do a speed run and then we'll we'll do plugs and and we'll call it a night. Um uh, really Good. quick. Oh, Okay, I don't have that. I actually only have certain pictures left. Anyway, Shang-Chi. I don't have that
2: space. Good. Yeah. R- right. Runways, just okay.
0: I I like it because I think it's bringing up a lot of questions. Good. Um, again, what do I like, you Gil? What do I like? I like teams and I like relationships. Like and teams. runaways runaways teams and doing that. And teams. Yeah. Also, also dang, Gertie looking good. I'm just I'm looking just saying good. that.
2: She's, yeah. Yeah. She grew up uh she grew up well. Uh Star yeah. Trek year 5.
0: Good. I did have that you, Yeah.
2: Star Trek year 5. Good. Uh you know, we're going back to the times of Surak. We're seeing the origins of of logic on Vulcan. Uh I'm into it uh daredevil you know i'm starting to get annoyed of this back and forth uh matt in prison out of prison thing uh i'm loving seeing electra as daredevil do not care about this twin brother fucking thing uh do not care about daredevil in prison anymore like if you want to make the book just electra as daredevil i'll be here for it i don't need the everything else is just kind of annoying to me right now yeah okay uh justice league pretty good
0: uh i liked it I do yeah.
2: like
1: it. Yeah, I'm. I'm also. I'm also digging the Justice League character moments too, especially yeah.
2: between yeah. Uh, everything with uh, with, with uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Kendra also. Like, you know, it's it's one of these maxims that I have all the time is that Brad Meltzer is pound for pound one of the best character writers in comics. Like, just really makes characters feel like they've known each other forever. I think Bendis yep. really has that too.
1: Um, yeah 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 uh i thought because i was like since they're in the thick of the story i finally read naomi and that was awesome okay i haven't
0: read her i haven't read her series yet
1: yeah six issues uh it's available as a trade um really wonderful art yeah Yeah, really worth
0: buying is the trade worth buying if i'm just gonna read the six issues anyway should i just read buy the trade and then uh read it
1: it, if you're a Bendis head, it's, it's definitely something to own. Okay. Uh, I think it's a good solid slice of six issues of Bendis. And again, ma- fantastic artwork. Um, and yeah, just really kind of like a, it's more slice of life than anything else. Um, and it really kind of folds into uh, it's got like alternate earths, Rand Thanagar. like it's got some deep cut uh, DC yeah. stuff in it while also introducing a sort of new corner of, the universe, but I was like, in yeah. terms of like the timeline of Naomi's life, like she's been around as a character for like two two years, three. Uh, okay, in
0: our time, yeah,
1: in our time, like as a published character, like t- two years maybe, um, and she's literally like in her first like month as a superhero. Right.
0: Also, she's um, gonna have the the live action CW show. Gonna come have now. the
1: live action CW show. Um, yeah, no, she's a solid character and I think, yeah, I definitely think Bendis has some good characterizations with it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, did you guys read Batman Fortnite? Because, uh, I am (laughs) digging Batman Fortnite. Batman Fortnite, I am digging it. I am, uh, where is it? Where is it here? This right here, I'm just gonna... Basically, we see basically because Catwoman gets Batman and Catwoman uh, team up in the last issue. Catwoman gets out of the, the the cycle, so Batman's stuck in the cycle. But he's trying to figure out a way out. And the people who are running Fortnite are like, "We need someone who can fight Batman and get him off our backs." And so they release Snake Eyes. And so they release Snake, eyes, so, uh, they That's release corporate snake synergy, eyes the
1: same week the trailer comes out.
0: <laughs> yeah, they release Snake Eyes to fight Batman, and they do fight and i got uh i got an image that i wanted to uh to show here uh they do fight but then they realize they got a mutual martial arts respect and then they they make a deal and they speak sign language to each other cuz nobody in fortnite can talk dialogue
2: so they speak sign language,
0: and are they spending what?
2: two entire pages with their arms interlocked?
0: <laughs> no, That's no, so they they interlocked once because do Snake again. Eyes is about he's about to fall off the mountain, and and Batman saves him, and then they speak they speak the sign language, and then they they make a deal. So basically, uh, Snake Eyes <laughs> Snake Eyes sacrifices himself so that Batman wins the match, and then comes out of the loop. Problem is, Batman comes out of the loop with Deathstroke holding a gun to Catwoman's head. And that's how the issue ends. And honestly, honestly, I I, I get it. We're all I old mean, fogies. We want to hate on Fortnite. I get it. I played but Fortnite. There's no reason. There's no reason this should be as good as it is. And that's what I've been saying for the past. I mean, this is the third issue for all three issues. There's no reason why this comic needs to be that good, but it is.
1: I I just want to say, yeah, my problem's not with Fortnite. It's just, like, I've been reading comics for uh, over 20 years, and I've been burned by a lot of tie-in comics. That's my problem. It's not Fortnite. It's tie-in promotional comics. Those have
2: such a spotty record, (laughs) historically. I just see that, like, if it's not going to affect the... Continuity in the main book, like I, I feel you that you feel like it's it's good and it's better than it should then, be. If, if it's not going to affect the main book, I just don't know why I'm going to spend my time on. it
0: That's fair. Uh, I would recommend getting it in trade because at, at a certain point, I think there might be a long no. lasting consequence to it. I no, think this, there you, might
1: be. no. You need to buy this in single issues because Uh-oh. you get a promo code. You Fortnite, do for you Fortnite. Fortnite, but Gil's you, not you playing Fortnite. Fortnite. All no. Right. Yeah. No. It, it's it's one of those like you're sitting down, you, you see it, you pick it up. Like it's like yeah. I I like I was behind on my books and caught up today, and literally like I had nothing at work, and so I just sat, and it was just like it was yeah. almost a full day's work to get caught up on what I had like let lax for like a couple weeks to be able to talk on this show, and it's just like yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to add six issues of a comic that's just fun and has no impact or like if it's if the art doesn't grab me or or if the, the writing's not terribly compelling, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to that um maybe.
0: Yeah. Uh we gotta we gotta call it a night though. Um um we we I don't know what else there was to uh do but we did a speed round a little bit. Uh well, thank uh, you guys
1: do you guys I, have
0: closing thoughts? I
1: was gonna say uh Kenturo uh Miri died or Mira. Uh, we talk a lot about, uh, Western comics and he did a uh, berserk, um, mm. this amazing manga that's turned into one of the most disturbing animes I've seen. Um, yeah. at least in sequences, it's, it's a, it's a messed up story, but it's like, but he's such an amazing artist, but he died 54, like really young. Um, but yeah, he, he was, he was, uh, one of the big figures in, in, in manga. And so, yeah, his loss, uh, he's a big loss
2: yeah rest in peace yeah
0: um uh as we as we close up this episode thank you uh to the audience out there who's been watching this the whole time uh 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 thank you to gil obviously thank you to trevor who my link um, in the chat again <laughs> yeah uh uh gil you want to do uh let's do closing plugs what do you close got gil plug.
2: yeah of course so uh this saturday night Uh, a show that I'm producing. We're starting a new show with Alonzo Bowden, who you know from Last Comic Standing, uh, and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's going to be a monthly show where he brings comics on to do stand-up, and then they sit down with him for an interview. Uh, This first episode has a crazy, insane lineup, including Jackie Cation, Blaine Capatch, Mal Hall, Liz Mealy. It's it's the Justice League of comedians, and you have to go to NowhereTime.com, get those tickets, um, grab those tickets. You don't want, you're not going to want to miss this show. It's really special.
0: All right. All right. Trevor, you got anything coming up?
2: Uh,
1: get tickets to Gil's show, and I'm going to plug Dark on Netflix. It's this crazy German sci- sci-fi show. Uh, three seasons, 26 episodes. Just finished it last night with one of our roommates. And it's crazy pants. It's, all right. it's, like the densest time travel narrative I've seen, like on uh t v like okay. it's it's super crazy dense you literally need a flow chart at times to kind of follow it, but it's just it's a lot of solid characters it never It never loses the dramatic tension as you get further and further down the rabbit hole of like up its own ass sci-fi okay. time travel.
0: <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, for the sake of time and for the sake of my bladder, let's. Uh, we're gonna close out. Thank you guys for watching Comic Talk. Uh, it's one of those uh, Keeg shows where we, you know, talk about comics. It's pretty much in the title. The Keeg does a bunch of other geek-related shows, such as The Keeg Back, which is every Friday night. That is tomorrow night. We are playing Game Apart, which is the Game Apart app. Uh, it's a cool app with a bunch of games in it, and we're gonna be playing that live. And we invite everybody to watch the show and play along with us. Uh, it's really cool and it's free to play. So definitely uh stick around that is 9 p.m pacific time on friday nights that is the key back and on saturday we have the keeg live where we're talking about power rangers and just celebrating the whole Ooh. history of that uh with, with two awesome guests nub the poet and james mcgee moore and um you can find both of them on tiktok and uh just stay tuned to all our social media instagram at the keeg show tiktok at the keeg show trevor do you want me to explode do you need something to say do you have something to say <laughs>
1: Power Rangers oh, RPM.
0: I'm with <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, uh, we are here at volume.com slash the Keeg Show. So click follow uh, wherever you guys are watching. Like, follow, comment, do all that sort of things. And uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna peace out. Thank you so much uh, for another episode of Comic Talk. Yeah, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Peace out. fast gotta beat the boss and get the loot cause it's the king and we got geek news